0: Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to CSGCards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And sponsored by Gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away visit GemRate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast Your Sports Collectibles Podcast. We talk TTMs, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is our fifth season, episode 31. It is Saturday, August 5th, and you're listening to the nationally ranked sports card pod sports card podcast. I'll get it out, to I promise, sports <laughs> card podcast. My name is Jeff Baker. I am your host of the program. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm joined on the other end of the line. my friend and co-host from arlington texas his name is drew pelto he is dfw grapher on youtube and guys he's got a new youtube uh video up hi drew hey good to be here as always Drew. how long does it take you to make the videos it really varies um because i mean
2: i try to record like anytime i get a ttm in or i do some in-person graphing or get a trade in i try to record a video of myself you know opening it up obviously so that's you know three to five minutes right there not too bad and then uh Whenever I finally get down to editing it, it takes you know, 15 minutes to transfer stuff off my phone to the computer. Then editing, fortunately, is just mostly just a drag and drop kind of a thing. I don't have to do too much crazy uh, cropping or anything like that. I have a template basically already set up that has the audio built in and the intro and outro screens on it. So drop it in, click to finish it, wait about, you know, any, well, depending on how long it is here from like five minutes to half an hour for it to finish, and then good to go and wait for it to upload.
1: And you got a special guest
2: on this week's video. Yes. Aubrey makes an appearance again. She is back. <laughs> she got some, uh couple of astronaut autographs in there. So I uh, had her on and yeah, she's Does there she too. go, hey
1: Drew, I, I got some TTMs I want to promote and she shoots her on video?
2: Well, usually she hangs on to them until like uh, we're hanging out. She'll be like, oh, hey, I've got these. We need to open them up. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do that. And then usually my wife, Jen, pops up in the background half the time and scares the hell out of us at times in it. So, uh, But yeah, so this time... Um, she uh, was like, okay, I'm just so excited about this one that I got in. I have to send this over right
1: now. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go for that. So, yeah, she just sent the video over this time and did it that way. Well, guys, follow Drew on social media. He is DFW Grapher on Twitter and on uh YouTube and Instagram too, right? Yes. Yeah. So, he's – reminds he is- me. I,
2: I need to get more active on Instagram again. I kind of lost a – kind of fell off on that here over the last couple of months or so, even Twitter too.
1: Yeah, I didn't think you've been posting much on Instagram, but yeah. guys, follow, follow Drew. Uh, we have a, a fun show for you guys. Um, I just wanted a couple things uh, newsworthy today is uh, International Trading Card Day, so happy International Trading Card Day! If you go to your local uh, card store, you can get some cool packs from Tops for free. So, uh Take a, take a, a ride over to your local card store. Get a get a free pack of cards on uh, International Trading Card Day. So happy! We it's we, it's a good ho- holiday, right? True. Yeah, though
2: uh, I mean the Orthodox celebrate usually in the middle of winter there for hockey season. So there's there's still that kind of split there between the uh, between the groups there that recognize their holiday on different days.
1: That's right. But we'll, 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 today is International Trading, Trading Card Day, so go celebrate. I am uh, going to the Red Sox and Blue Jays on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Uh, I picked up some Chrome Blaster boxes uh, uh, from Fanatics, and they came while I was away. So I opened a couple of them the other day, and we're going to talk a little more about that in uh, sample approval. So uh, that, that's coming up. Uh, I have an article on Les Wolf in this month's Sports Collectors Digest, so make sure you check that out um drew what do you got what do you got going on for this week well like we said earlier i got a new video
2: posted up just the other day and hopefully if i get on it i'll have another one posted here pretty quickly this weekend since i've got some a couple ttms and some in-person stuff that i did uh let's see here i wrote an article for the website nine inning know-it-all There's a friend of mine who's uh, also an autograph collector is one of the uh, main writers for that and a couple of years ago he came to me and said hey would you mind writing an article on this and so i'm like all right cool and with a couple other articles since then. So my most recent one is called The System is Broken and You Don't Care. And it deals with uh, Major League Baseball's financial landscape right now because uh, it definitely exposed uh, what it, how big of a problem it is to me at the trading deadline here. So uh, you've got uh, that article up there. If you go and check that out. So I believe it's 9inningknowitall.com. You can just uh, Google it as well. If Just put in 9inningknowitall and it'll take you there. Uh, let's see. My, uh, You may remember back a few months ago, I was... Uh, ranting and railing about the uh, combination of the Czech post and the uh, U.S. Postal Service. So I ordered some uh, floorball goalie gear back in the middle of May from this company in uh, the Czech Republic. And they boxed it up. They sent it out. It uh, was tracked by a, a check post all the way into the U.S. where it was taken by customs to do their usual checks, past customs, and UPS claimed they never received it or somehow lost it or something happened. So I went to the company and said, yeah, this is Apparently lost. I would like to get a refund, please, because it's not here. And like, okay, yeah, we'll check it out. And they said uh should take about thirty days or so for us to have the trace on. I'm like, okay, that's that's great. I'd, I'd like my gear or my money earlier, though, please, <laughs> because I'm gonna miss my summer league if I don't have it. Well, those thirty days came and went. I didn't get my gear. I didn't have the money for it. And they, uh, when I asked about, it, they said, oh no, uh, we misread it. It's actually it may take up to thirty months. Thirty months. So I I'm like, I am not waiting two and a half years to get my money back. You can either refund me now or I can go to my bank and uh, have them force a refund through. So I went to my bank and did it there first. Then they finally said, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, it, it came through that apparently that it has indeed been lost. I'm like, oh, interesting timing there, you guys. That's uh, that's real nice. So uh, they said, yeah, well, uh, we're uh, waiting to get it, you know, get the uh, refund from uh I think the U.S. Postal Service and they were the ones who lost it. Had to refund it to the check posts. Check posts then had to refund it to the company. And then the company was able to get would finally be able to give the money back to me. So a few weeks went by and still nothing. And they finally said, "Oh yeah, we've." And I I emailed them. I said, "Look, I need to know what's going on with this. It's been well, did, what two months now at this point, three months, something like that. I I'd like to get my money back." Like, well, the last we heard is that it's in processing. Like that doesn't help me. Yeah. So couple of days later i get another email from a different person in the company said yes we have the uh, refund uh, here we can either we can either give you the refund or we can send you the try to send you the equipment again this time we'll send it by dhl with no extra cost to you and i'm like just give me my money back please and even that took like 4 days for them to get it through to me so fortunately that saga is over i got my money back and i was able to reorder the equipment from a company in finland and they are sending it by UPS, which uh, I trust a lot more than USPS right now. So hopefully that gets to me uh, quickly, at least, well, at all in general. i just please get it to me is all I ask at this point. But the great thing was, I mean, the stuff is it's better quality. It's companies that I'm actually familiar with that I'm uh, getting gear made by. And I was able to even buy a stick along with it. And it only cost me, I think, like $30 more total for all that. So I will gladly take all of that and uh, call this, uh, call at least a, uh, somewhat win out of this a little win did they never
1: found it right they never No, it it. has
2: never been found at all and it's i'm hoping maybe
1: it's you know it is it's in like the um raiders of the lost ark big uh warehouse right yeah probably
2: (laughs) i think it's probably like floating in the atlantic somewhere or something like oops hey it fell off the truck literally and bounced down the road but my hope is that eventually they'll find it and they'll deliver it to me and i'll have two sets of gear. but i'm not counting on that very much so have
1: you been playing a lot of floorball
2: yeah, I've had to have been playing as a floor player instead, playing on uh, defense there a bit. It's all been pickup games and stuff, some kind of part defense, part forward. And I have actually played in some makeshift goalie gear a little bit because I still have all my hockey equipment, even though I haven't played hockey in 10, 12 years now. But what I was able to do at least was put my shin guards and socks on, just tape them down real well. And I could at least, you know, have knee pads and leg pads that way, put on some gloves and my mask. I do still have my mask at least, so there's that. A, tra-
1: how much much is involved as,
2: from, as a defenseman? Um, a decent amount because, I mean, defense – usually if a if a floorball team knows what it's doing, its attack is coming from the defense forward because the great thing is there's no offside rule, there's no icing rule, nothing like that. Okay. So you can have the defense do a lot of the uh, ball carrying and passing and run everything through them, almost like it's a – like when you look at a hockey power play, there is a lot that's run through the point men there on defense. Yep. And so uh, – all of floorball really is a lot like that. Even as you're carrying the ball up, it's a defenseman carrying it up, and the forwards are you know trying to create havoc in front of there and everything, and get the ball down to a forward. They can play it back to defense easily and just constantly look for the attack. Usually come from the back side, which I personally that threw me off a little bit with the game because I mean um I'm usually I'm definitely more of a uh, shot blocking defenseman more than anything, and a uh, play disrupting defenseman more than a ball carrier and stuff. But I'm a decent passer. And I have a decent shot, so. It works out for me, but you're definitely doing a lot more moving, it seems, as a forward. But still, a defenseman still gets it's a decent amount of movement out there. How you, how'd you you do in, in goals, scoring goals? Oh, uh, yeah, I've had a few here and there. I mean, uh, typically, if I don't score one each week, it's like, wow, what the hell happened? But I've scored one, I think, just about every week, except for this most recent one. But I'd taken a month off from this up until this last one. So my shot was a little bit off.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Drew. Well, guys, we have a really cool show for you this week. Uh, we're back in full swing after the National. We missed last week, last week, because I was in Chicago. This week, we have TTM Todd talking about TTM. He's a big TTMer. Uh, he is, you can follow him on Twitter and on Instagram. He uh ttm's is, he posts his success all the time i talked to todd a couple weeks ago when we interviewed him found out uh, talked to him about some of his recent successes and about collecting ttm that is coming up we also have Les Les wolf uh talking about reviewing the nationals so Les has been to i don't know 40 or so nationals and uh we review the national and, and talk about um some of the the things for cleveland next year and uh just just talk you know we just let Les go right you yeah. just let Les go. <laughs> so that is coming up. We also have uh, next week, we have Clemente Lise. Clemente is going to, and I going to talk about a little Women's uh, World Cup. We're going to review the national from Clemente's uh, point of view. And uh, we'll talk about some new releases. So that that is coming up next week. And I uh, also had to... Uh, pleasure of interviewing Wally Jones yesterday, and uh, we're going to play that interview on Saturday. Wally played for, he was a starting guard for the um, 76ers in, in 1966 67 when they won the NBA championship. He has uh, also played with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, and he played with the Detroit Pistons, and he played with the Utah Stars. So, Drew, he actually played with, ready for this one? He played for with. Will Chamberlain, he played with a rookie, Lou L. Cinder. he played with an 18-year-old Moses Malone, and he played with Bob Lanier. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? That's a great combo right there. I mean, you, you had me with the top two right there, and then you just add on the extras. It's like, wow. Yeah, so we're going to talk to, and he played with Daryl Dawkins and uh, Dr. Jane in his last year. So he uh, we he had a lot of great times in the NBA and the ABA, and we talked to Wally about um his career. He also they just dedicated a mural for him in the city of Philadelphia. He did a lot of work with underprivileged kids. So we're going to talk to him about that as well. So that will be on uh, Saturday. Uh, so, Drew, we have also our regular segments this week.
2: We do. Indeed, we've got Baker's Dozen covering all the news from the hobby over the previous week. Uh, actually, two weeks, I guess now at this point, uh, as you said, we have a TTM Todd joining us in collector's corner and less wolf with more with less. We'll go into Making the Grade, where we cover everything related to grading in the hobby. Got our stamp of approval. Jeff and I give our thumbs up to just about anything, whatever we can think of from the previous week or two. We've got the Vern Rap Minute covering deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anybody that you might consider TTMing. We will let you know if they have passed on. And of course, the main reason why we all are here are TTM Returns.
1: And guys, we love to hear from you. We love feedback. We uh, love your questions. We love uh, comments. This is also uh, enter uh, any of our contests. We don't have a contest this week. But send us an email to... ttmcast at yahoo.com Yeah, if you want to be a guest in the show, we're always looking for collectors, right, Drew? And you don't have to have a a $10 million collection. If there's something you're passionate about, you want to talk to me about, uh, we'd love to have you. So please send us an email to... ttmcast at yahoo.com And we'll get you on the show. And if you're wondering why Drew is uh, talking, uh, listing the email address and I'm not, well, it's in his contract. So, (laughs) and now, you know, we're going to talk a little about uh, law, the law and lawsuits a little little later. And we don't want to get involved in any of those, right, Drew? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that wraps up all our housekeeping. Uh, Let's get right into Baker's Dozen.
0: Baker's Dozen, sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com.
1: baker's dozen is a new summary what's been going on the hobby a lot of stuff uh, going on in the last week or two uh, with the national just want to remind everyone uh, our friends at collects collects is uh, a great app where you can um, scan pictures of your cards and get values and if you're at to go to a trade show uh, a card show. You can scan them to see what the recent sales are. Uh, Collects is a free app. You can get it on your in the App Store your, or Google Play. And Collects is given is giving this is exclusive to TTMcast listeners. They're giving you a ten dollars coupon to use in their marketplace. So you can pr- uh, you can purchase uh, ten dollars worth of cards right in their marketplace if it's a free ten dollars. All you have to do is send us your Collects username. You make make sure you download Collects and send us your username and your email address, and Collects will send you a $10 uh, credit right into your account, and you can use it to purchase whatever cards you want. It, it's pretty easy. Drew, have you used it yet?
2: I haven't yet. Um, I mentioned before I had that, Uh, found some Bory Salmon cards, and none of the dealers responded to me. So I'm back to square one on it, but I'm at least taking a look to see what I can find.
1: All right. Well, guys, send it to us. Send an email to us at? TTMcast at yahoo.com and put in $10 collects in the the headline and, uh, in the, in the subject line, and we will get you, uh, collects, we'll send you $10 coupon. So make sure you take care of that. As I I mentioned, um, I I was speaking with, with with Wally Jones, uh, yesterday and he, uh, er, he works with underprivileged kids in the Philadelphia area. So, um, you know, we love to do Good, right? This as part of, as part of this podcast, we love uh, signatures for soldiers. We loved when we we give, um, you know, we do that in in the uh, winter, right? In December, we gave a bunch of cards for signature soldiers. We also helped out the uh, Lampela family when they had troubles and lost all their cards through the hurricane. And uh, we love to promote um, good charities, and uh, you know, I'm working with the Bob Feller Foundation to earn money for. Um, scholarships for veterans. Uh, so I I uh Wally Wally Jones has a, a charity. It's called Shoot for the Stars Legends. It is on uh just take this down and you can pause it and, and after you take it down, it's 333 East Cliven Suite 1, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 19119. They're looking for any donations. And I'm gonna ask guys, uh, you know, if you could send like $13 to Baker's Sousin, right? Send $13 oh, to to help out. Um a good good cause, and we're going to have Wally Jones on next week, and I'm going to send my thirteen dollars um, to help him out. But if you know, we don't. Yo, know, you have to give back, right, Drew? You can't. Yeah. It can't just be one way all the time. And so, it's it's a nice charity that helps out in underprivileged people, uh, kids in the Philadelphia area. They have basketball leagues. They have all sorts of cool stuff that they they do for the kids. So, uh, it's shoot for the stars. Legends three 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 East Cliveden C L I V E D N Suite one Philadelphia Pennsylvania one nine one one nine. Make sure you you. Uh, if you can if you can spare a couple bucks please send it off and uh say you know if you want to put uh for uh in for Wally Jones or four uh, TTM cast that'd be great uh thank you I, we don't love to you know we don't we don't want to ask might ask to do stuff all the time but i thought this was a, a good uh, charity and, and it goes to a great cause all right drew now some some news and i mm-hmm. uh, i know uh, to fair uh full disclosure drew works for panini so drew yes. um is you know drew's job number one job is panini we don't make any money doing this podcast we do it for fun so we don't want to skirt what's been going on with panini uh panini filed a federal lawsuit against fanatics an antitrust suit um it was filed two days ago drew
2: uh, yeah, I believe it was on the uh, second, if I remember right. So, yeah, two yeah. three days ago.
1: So, we're just at the very, very beginning of this. There's uh, a lot of vitriol and hate between the two companies. There's been a lot of um, underhandedness and uh, above board stuff, too, as well, between the two companies. And it's not a great situation. Um, you know, we're going to respect Drew that, that he is unable to comment on this. So, we're not... Uh, not not addressing the issue but it's something that we're going to uh tread lightly in respect to Drew we we love having Drew on the show we don't want to let Drew get in trouble from his his real job and and, and we respect Drews uh not putting on his two cents for this but uh basically if you haven't read about it. It's, you know, Sports Collectors uh, Daily and Rich Miller has uh, really covered it very well. It's been in the Wall Street Journal. It is all over the place. Uh, You know, Panini has accused um, fanatics of of unfair practices, leading anywhere from the uh, purchasing of tops to purchasing uh, the printer in Dallas, Texas that that Panini uses to um, basically a lot of uh, signing young young uh stars so that they can't uh have their autographs in panini's products so there's a lot of uh antitrust things that, that they're 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 going to try to win against uh fanatics i mean we're, we're looking at what 2025 and 26 is right those though is that when the contracts end Are out yeah there?
2: 2025 for football and 2026 for the nba or vice versa it's those two years though so
1: yeah yeah, yeah so uh you know, fanatics is flexing their muscles and, and um, you know, that's part of business. Right. But are, we're, we're, you know, I think the courts are going to look at, the federal courts are going to look at, um, are they creating a monopoly and an antitrust? So um, we will we will report it, but we're going to be very careful about um we're not taking sides right drew we're not taking sides we're just we're just going to be reporting it and, and drew is going to um you know unless unless it's a factual thing uh, drew is going to kind of step back and let me do do the babbling right drew
2: yeah i am legally prohibited from comment i cannot say anything aside from like what's out there publicly so yeah i mean the most i can really say um if you want to read the entire uh 56 page uh filing i guess the best term for it you can i'm sure you can google like panini fanatics antitrust or something like that or if you just google 8 colon 23 dash cv 01721 that is the case number and that should take you right to a pdf of the full filing you can read through all the accusations that are in there it's quite a read i mean there's a lot of legalese in there but uh, yeah there's some uh, some you can you can really get kind of an inside view of what's been going on between those two over the last what, two years now, basically.
1: Yeah, and I don't think this is going to be a quick resolution. I don't see this going to court tomorrow. I think it's probably, what, a year or two away, right, Drew, before this thing hit, actually hits the, the court, would you think?
2: That I'm not really sure about. I'm sure they'll have, like, uh, if you look back at, like, the initial lawsuit between Panini and Fanatics back in uh, April when all, the, when all the employees left, uh, there's, I think they had a, uh, their first court date was maybe about a month after that. But then they put kind of a stay on it for about another year and just, you know, kind of came up with some uh, temporary resolutions there to be able to, you know, get stuff together on that. So you may see something similar here where you may see uh, something put in place here in like the next couple of months that will kind of extend things out over uh, over the next year before it actually goes to a, a more solid uh, court, yeah, solid uh, day I mean, in court, a, I guess there. This
1: but, is federal court, federal court. Yeah. Runs different than than uh, a state court, and I think right. I think we're looking at a long haul here. Yeah. Um, I'm know, definitely not a
2: legal expert on this stuff, but just based on going through there, yeah, it's 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 not going to be anything that's resolved in the next uh, couple of months at all. But hopefully, it's not going to take you know multiple years either. So yeah, and I
1: I don't have time to go to law school, so um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we will do our best to to help report what's going on. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. Drew is not a lawyer. We are collectors. We love the hobby. We love cards. Uh, we, I'm rooting for both, both companies. Actually, it's better to have two companies that are, that are successful and viable than just having one, I think. Um, but you know what I mean? Let's, it'll play itself out, right? It, it, It will play itself out and, uh. Hopefully, at the end, at the end, no one loses jobs over this. No one, uh, you know, no companies fold, and we both we both companies move on and, and are healthy companies. And if they're healthy companies, I mean, it's the hobby's going well. Um, you know, if three years from now the hobby all of a sudden tanks, you know, what does it mean for everyone? Right? right. We we don't want fanatics going out of business either. Right? We you yeah. don't because if fanatics go out of business, that means our hobby is is dead. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, I mean common
1: economic knowledge dictates competition is good. Right. So, so we will we that we that, that's all we're gonna report right now. And I, I'm gonna recommend again following Rich Miller on Sports Collectors Daily. He does the best uh covering, best news covering in the hobby. Uh our friends uh Greg Bates and Jeff Owens on Sports Collectors Digest always do a good job as well. And uh the general the general media will take take it as wall street journal picked it up so um there's all sorts of places to to find out about it but we will we'll kind of try to summarize what's going on uh maybe like on a monthly basis as we get new new news from it right drew yeah sounds good okay drew signature soldiers our friend T- i saw tim at the the national and boy oh yeah he was the busiest man there nice that's good that is good
2: yeah uh, fifty thousand dollars they've raised at the national just at the national alone That's just yeah. not like this entire year that is $50,000 just at the national they have raised for the charity there. So kudos to them and to anybody who has uh, been buying from them to help uh, support their cause there. So good to see that they're healthy and hopefully this keeps on going for them.
1: Yeah. We got a signature sol- to sold shirt. My wife, nice. my wife got one. And then we also bought some cards from, from Tim to, you know, all everything that Tim gets is donated uh, by the players or, 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 or collectors and uh, all the money goes to signatures goes to soldiers. So uh it's him and his wife uh do yeoman's work. Um they're they're not making a nickel off it guys. And right uh, the when I say he was everywhere Drew, he was everywhere. He was there on Wednesday night at the VIP thing. He was on in his booth. He was running he was all he was in the uh autograph area getting autographs from guys. He was on the show floor. I saw he got a um they were doing uh, pristine auctions. They, they're all all well, week, um, he was just all over the place. He he, when he on Monday, he must have slept for like two days because he you know, he was a busy man. So I I yeah. congratulate Tim. We we met Tim uh probably five you know five years ago when I first started doing this, and, and he was just one little guy doing doing it, and, and you know he might have had a couple uh, a couple thousand dollars that he's raised, and I think now he's probably raised over uh like 300 and 350 it's unbelievable so good good job tim congratulations on that and uh it's it's great to see that well drew we have some new releases to talk about we had the the national last week and there's a bunch of new releases this week we have our first 2023 uh football out score football's out which is the kind of their low end right that's their low end uh set low-end offering for for football uh you get 10 packs in a hobby box with 40 cards per pack which is nice you get four autographs and a uh, hobby box is going for 180 dollars so score football is now out for 180 bucks
2: that's good we were kind of when we were guessing at the uh, price there we were, we were pretty right. close we, did we yeah didn't so we i think we said 170? like 70 yeah we said like 150 to 200 range there and 180 is pretty much right in the middle there so yeah that's some uh, panini soccer coming out for 22 23 the Obsidian soccer set obsidian is always a real nice looking product there and uh, what you're going to get is seven cards in one pack with four autographs or memorabilia cards like i said always really great looking stuff you got the black backgrounds on those a lot of the etching going on with them looks really cool $350 for that box
1: we have 2023 panini legacy nfl where you get um, 12 packs of cards eight cards per pack there's two autos uh, and those hobby boxes are going for 180 dollars as well so maybe panini's falling into a com- comfort zone of 184 um, hobby boxes and guys uh, watch panini because they um adjust the prices fairly quickly so if there's a if there's not a big demand for the, the, the these things the prices do come down on their site they they uh you know after a couple of weeks they will drop the prices so um you know if it's something something that you're not sure or, you're kind of on the fence of, and you're like, oh, well, maybe for $150, i would get it, but not 180 Uh Panini does a good job of, of um, price monitoring, right, Drew? I think yes. they, they do do a good job of, of bringing the price down to a, um, a level where the market will accept it. Uh, these are all in, initial prices, and usually the initial prices are a little high, uh, a little higher because that's they don't know what the demand is, and they're not sure how popular it's going to be. So we just want to let you know about that. Yeah.
2: I've uh, got some uh, select draft picks coming out here from Panini 2023. All of the most recent NFL draft picks are going to be in there. Get three packs with 15 cards per pack in a hobby box. Three autos in there as well. $150 is going to be the price on those ones. So possibly a great chance to get on some of those uh, prospects early on. Very
1: cool. We also have the 2022-23 Panini Chronicles are out. Uh, eight cards per pack, six packs per box. You get two autographs. Those are going for about $250. That's 2022-23 Panini Chronicles for $250. Uh,
2: if you're a more of the budget level collector like Jeff and myself, we've got the uh, <laughs> tops
1: 2023
2: Chrome Baseball is out in the blaster uh, configuration. So pick those up at your local Target or Walmart or wherever you pick up your blasters from. But out of those, you're going to see two sepia and two pink refractors per box, seven packs of four cards each in those blasters. So 28 cards total in there. $35 is the price on the blasters.
1: You know what, Joe? I'll talk about this a little in, um in stamp of approval, but that four cards per pack, mm-hmm. I think just about every pack I had, had five pack, had five cards in them.
2: Gotta love when the machines make errors like yeah, that.
1: yeah. So I don't, you know, it was like you know because they have four cards, and then there would be a, with the either the pink f- refractor or the sepia one, or a colored one, or a die cut, or those. Uh, I, I think uh, if if there was seven packs in a in a blaster box, I bet six of them had five cards. Wow. So uh, it was really cool. I I I'm a big fan of of the black uh, the tops chrome this year. Nice. All right, true. Star Wars. I love Star Wars cards this is a this is um a new one for Tops they've kind of I don't know they 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 they're bringing in all the Star Wars uh franchises together yes in this in a hobby box um this is 2023 top star wars hobby boxes are going for 55 you get 24 packs and one wide vision pack card and the wide vision cards are really neat so that that's pretty cool or you can get a value box or which is a blaster box for 20 bucks uh so 2023 top star wars they're available on uh, tops.com uh for 55 for a hobby box and 20 bucks for a value box if you're a star wars guy and i think i might pick up a box of that I, they're really cool looking and there's autographs and, and, uh, you know, memorabilia cards and inserted. And, and I think they're kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. If you're a fan of complete sets, just picking
2: those up just straight up rather than building your own. The 2023 tops baseball complete set is now out and available in stores. $60 will be the tag on that one. So, uh, if you don't want to put in
1: the uh, effort of building it all, you can just pick it up uh, all in one fell swoop right there. Well, I built it. I built both the sets, yep. S- Series 1 and Series 2. I'm down to three. I need three of Series 1 to complete it, and I'll probably go on uh, eBay to, to get it, but uh, I was telling you guys the other day, I picked up a box of... Uh, it was a, a case of Series 2. Uh, one of the breakers gave me all the base cards. So, if you need any cards for Series 2 tops, send. let me know. Just send me the name and the the the, the name of the guy and the, and the number, and... Uh, I'll send them to you. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, I'm not going to send you 200 cards, but you know, if you need 10 cards to finish your set or you need, you, you know, you there's one team that you collect. Um, I don't mind that I have, I got them for free. I, and as Drew knows, I like to share, we, you know, we always give away, um, pictured no double pictures that we get. And anytime we get anything, we get anything from our listeners. We, we try to get something for our listeners. So, uh, I, I picked it up with you guys in mind. I said, okay, I'll, I, I carried this huge box of cards with me on my, on my chair and, and, and uh, on the, where, uh, my wife hacked away in the airplane. So I have this huge box of cards that is sitting here. So, uh, Drew, if you are putting together the set, let me know. Nice. Um, and, and guys just send me an email too. TTMcast at Yahoo.com. And just send me the names of the players you're looking for and the numbers. Key I have it basically in number order. So if you say I want all the the, the twins, I can't, it's hard for me to pick all the twins out, but I'll do my best. All right. So uh that that that's just uh, something I like to do for you guys. Um Panini has signed Arch Manning. Arch Manning yeah. is uh what is he? He's grandson, right? He's the grandson of, of uh of Archie Manning, right? Uh, yeah,
2: Archie's, yeah, Archie's grandson. Right. Peyton, and, and, Eli, Peyton a, and Eli's nephew.
1: Yeah, he's going to the University of Texas, right, as mm-hmm. a quarterback, and they signed him. So has done a good job of signing guys in Texas, but... They get, if they want to stay afloat, right, they got to branch out a little. But they did sign Arch, Arch Manning. So congratulations, Penny, on that. Just another. I kind, one. I kind of hinted
2: at that one a couple weeks ago there when they signed a Quinn Ewers to a deal as well. Yeah. I, they were talking about that. And I'm like, yeah, and there may be, you know, who knows? There may be more on the way. <laughs> I knew that Manning was coming there. And it's like, I want to say something here, but I can't. But yeah, do, that's. Do, uh, the,
1: guy, do the, the athletes come? I know you, you work from home, but do the athletes come into the the facility do you guys ever get a chance to meet them or when you very
2: rarely uh back when i first started there once in a while like if a player had to come in and do like a huge signing of like a whole bunch of cards and stickers and stuff they might have them do like a small signing for the uh for employees and stuff so early on when i was working there i got a few players uh, autographs that way but they've really cut back on that after about like let's say maybe 2015 2016 somewhere around there was like there was almost nobody doing signings for us anymore after that
1: no, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I think that would be a nice, nice uh, perk for the employees. I think. It
2: would be. I mean, it was. We had uh, Rafael Palmeiro was one of the ones that came in. We had um, Nick Tepish from the Rangers. We had a uh, couple of Mavericks players. Joe Newendike from the Stars was in there for one of them. He's a Hall of Famer. And God, who else? They did at least uh, when we've when we had a couple of like big company get-togethers. They've had somebody in like Ricky Williams and Randy White were the last two big ones that we had there. But that's it's not as. Cool it's not as consistent as it used to be
1: they had at and at the national, obviously they had all the autograph signers. Um, and I saw Bart Brian Erlacher, but he wasn't signing autographs. No. Um, and I guess I missed, I, I missed Derek Jeter at the uh, arena booth. He was there, but I missed mm-hmm. him. And then I also missed Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith was in the, in the, uh, the tops booth signing. Oh, and I, I totally missed him. And then, um, in the upper deck, they had a, I forget They had a hockey player. I forget who it was that was signing. So I got it. It was so true. When I say this, the national was huge. It was so huge. You just met, you know, those stuff that you missed because it was just so big, you know? Yeah. Well, and th- saw,
2: sometimes those companies just don't do a good job promoting them either because uh, two year at the uh, national last year, 2022, Daryl Strawberry was at the tops booth and they advertised that. And then they changed everything. He pulled this whole bait and switch kind of a thing where, uh, he said oh yeah he's gonna be signing at this time and then people get there and are like oh yeah we moved the signing up an hour so he's not signing now sorry if he didn't get here in time it's like what kind of crap is that yeah so, you don't yeah. want
1: the you don't want it you don't want it to be a negative but yeah. I I gotta pay attention I gotta pay a little more attention to the thing is is that the uh, manufacturers booth the cars manufacturers booth they had so much stuff for the kids so basically it was just like you know 500 kids sitting in the middle of the booth in the floor so you couldn't even get into the booth you know man it was but and and i'm glad that they have stuff for the kids but it was just hard to it's too bad they didn't just set an area aside for the kids outside of the booth you know let's do this in a ballroom someplace but right it was what it was so uh you know i saw this um yesterday and i thought it was kind of a cool idea um there's going to be an outdoor card show on august 12th if you're in the new england area it's uh north King- kingston Rhode island they're gonna have an outdoor card show it's only gonna be three dollars to to end to go uh it's a one-day show if it's it rains they're gonna do it uh i think the, the following week but it's kind of cool to have an outdoor card show don't you think yeah,
2: I mean, especially as long as it's an area where it's not going to be, you know, a thousand degrees, like you're not going to get away with that in Texas here. But yeah. Rhode Island, yeah, you guys can pull that off. So that that could be good.
1: So that, that that's kind of cool. So if you're in the Rhode Island area, uh, North Kingston, Rhode Island is an outdoor car show on the 12th. And if you are going to the show, let us know. Send, send me an email. Let us know. What, let, let us know how it was. We have yeah. some news uh, from our friends at Harrod Joction we do
2: they have uh, some stuff going up right now that's uh, going to end on August 19th so you got about 2 weeks to get your bids in on them a mickey mantle home yankees jersey photo matched one as well from the 1950s uh high bid is expected to be more than 2 million dollars on that one that's going to be No it's uh, already
1: Joe it's, it's already over 2
2: million oh wow yeah. so already over 2 million dollars with still 2 weeks yet to go on that so that's uh that's a heck of a piece right there. But yeah, ha.com Go and check them out. If uh, if you're rolling in the dough, if you happen to win Mega Millions this week, uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, you've got two weeks to go. I'm still going bids on that.
1: Sotheby's Sotheby's is having an auction on a 1972 NBA Finals jersey, Wilk Chamberlain's jersey. Uh, it is, I believe, that's his last championship, right? 72 so, with the Lakers. They they're predicting it goes for over four million dollars. The auction runs from the 28th of August to the 27th of September. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. What do you think? Do you think we'll break four million, Drew?
2: I would think so. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain is always the one of the big names in basketball, so I could definitely see it.
1: All right, well, guys, that wraps up Baker's Dozen for the week. Uh, we had a lot to talk about. That was, that was a big Baker's Dozen. Yeah. Spent a lot of time on that one, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we have uh, next up is Collector's Corner.
0: And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week.
1: This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Check out the new Collects Marketplace to sell and buy cards turn the hobby into your side hustle today. So Collectors' Corner is just what it is. We love to talk to collectors, fellow collectors, about things that they're passionate about. You know, we've talked to uh, guys that collect Colin Fisk cards. We talked to guys that are Mickey Mail guys. Well, this week we talked to a great TTM. -er. His name is TTM Todd. He is on Twitter. He's on Instagram. And he's a really uh, fun guy to talk to. He's a a very passionate TTM. -er. TTM's a lot. So we talked about his uh, recent successes. I talked to Todd, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. So we're... uh, we're gonna, we're gonna uh listen to my interview with TTM Todd coming up next. All right, guys, it's time for Collector's Corner. We have a very special TTM collector it is TTM Todd, Todd Murray out of West Virginia. Welcome, Todd.
3: Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you having me.
1: Todd, the thing I love about your posts on uh, Twitter, and he is at TTM Todd on Twitter and Instagram, is the uh, it's all vintage stuff. It's all it's all stuff from the '70s, and you got you picked the guys that that no one ever heard of.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, you know the thing about that is people may not have heard of them. But they have some really interesting stories, some backstories yep. with people they played with or somebody who coached them, and there were some great teams that they played on. It's uh, it's it's really interesting, uh, you know. Hear, hearing some of their answers to my questions about those things in addition what, to getting the autograph
1: what course. type of questions do you ask and, and um have you got any anyone called you and said hey that was a great great question thanks for the or the uh, the uh, request for the autograph
3: I had uh I, I had one one player leave a phone number um he was a defensive back. Played in college at Kansas State, I think for Cleveland. And his name escapes me right now, but he he left me his number and said, "Hey, call me anytime." Um, I may do that. Haven't done that yet.
1: Well, oh, I would. Uh, I'd call right away.
3: <laughs> I, <laughs> I think he talk. does that for everyone. I up.
1: love talking to these guys because, as you said, they have such great stories. And it's the the guy. It's not necessarily the guys that are the the hall of famers. Of the everyday guys, I really enjoy. Like you, getting the guys that maybe only had a cup of coffee in the majors or, uh, you know, played on a a pennant winning team, but, you know, contributed in their own way. Um, I think it's fun.
3: One here recently, Buddy Gilbert, who ended up playing just one month in the big leagues. I think it was in September of 59. Toward the end of that season, his Reds had a series with the Pirates, and they had a throwing contest before the game he was a right fielder. I think most people know who the right fielder for the Pirates was at that time. Yeah. By the name Roberto. of Roberto Clemente. And believe it or not, Buddy Dilbert beat him in a throwing contest, which, you know, Roberto Clemente, many consider him the, maybe the greatest and not one of the greatest right fielders to ever play the game.
1: Yep. That's, that's really cool. How I know you, you, you send out a lot of cards from the seven fifties and sixties and seventies. Uh, do you are you picking through your current collection, your existing collection, or do you go out and get the cards to to get uh, autographs from these guys?
3: No, I usually order those. Um, I started around, you know, collecting cards maybe as a. Uh, Five, six, seven year old in the early 1970s. I still have a few of those cards. Okay. Uh, they're not in the best condition today, but I, I have sent some of those out. But most of them, I do uh, in order.
1: So you, what you do, you go down, through the um, online site and, and find out who's signing, and then, and then say, "Oh, this guy's signing. I gotta go get his his '71 tops card."
3: Yeah, I try to get an, an idea of who's signing at this time and uh give it a shot uh, i'll also take a take a flyer on on some other guys who kind of have a sketchy history and some sometimes it you know pays off sometimes it doesn't but
1: i know because uh, i see your post and i was like geez you're the only one getting these guys car- these autographs I, mean, I get jealous when i see some of these the, <laughs> these successes you get
3: yeah it's uh yeah, I, I do put in a lot of time to it. I can't, I will say that um, I enjoy the letter writing aspect and a lot of collectors may not. And I know a lot of people do, you know, they'll do four or five sentences on an index card and, and that's fine for most guys. You you can have success with that. and They get a lot of mail and they maybe not don't have time, you know, to read anything longer, but I, I feel I owe it to them too give them a little more. So I tried to, to do some research not on, their, on their career, but what they've done since their playing days, because many of them, they've been retired 50, 60 years. They've had another life since they were playing. And I think they appreciate that that you took the time to learn a little bit, not only about their career, but about their life after their sport.
1: How many requests do you think you send out a month?
3: Well, I knew you were going to ask that, so I wrote some numbers down here recently. At this month, I'm at thirty nine. Okay. And that includes two or three private signings I'm sending into in May. That was a big month. For, I got forty three out that month. What, uh, what do you I,
1: think? What's your your success rate? Are you you going at seventy percent, eighty percent? What do you think your success rate is? I, don't
3: know. I would say anywhere from 65 to 75.
1: yeah I'm about there as well
3: like I said I I, I will take a flyer on some guys that don't have the best history of signing so that I mean if I stopped doing that yeah the success rate would be much higher and then in April was a slower month it was just 22.
1: yeah I had I had picked up a bunch of 73 tops football cards at a show like just a a, a lot of of cards that weren't in the best condition but uh, I picked up. And then lately I've been sending out 73 tops football. I think I got, I sent out 30 last week and I think out 30 yesterday. And I got when I, I was out away for a day and I got, when I came back, I had nine returns. So I was mm-hmm. pretty happy with that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And like I don't care. Said-
1: I don't, I'm like you, I don't care if it's a a, a a hall of famer or even a star. I like, I like getting the guys that, that just have been playing for a little, you know, played that one year or two years.
3: Mm -hmm. as you mentioned i do focus a lot on the vintage uh where i jump into the current well realm every year is in january when the bowman draft sets come out
1: yeah
3: Uh, that's you know a lot of people try to jump on that bandwagon there's a short window of time where you you can get these guys but you you've got to be quick to it because one dice signs it gets out there the flood of mail arrives and, and uh, right I find it's hard that.
1: to find their their addresses from that set do you have a problem finding addresses from
3: that Most of them I I am able to find I mean it's just it's just doing some searches on you know a lot of them wherever they were they were they were a star so there are newspaper stories so you can get clues.
1: Do you do you um,
3: go into the white pages and all, mm-hmm. all the other sites and uh,
1: try to get uh, addresses that way?
3: Yeah, I, I use three or four of those different online services, and uh, I use the free uh, SCF site. Yep. but I would encourage people to do- take that address from there, double check it on the online directories, because I've found more than a few times. People will uh, get the house numbers mixed up. They will misspell the street name. Then they get an RTS. Whereas if they, you know, you can type an address into the online directory. Yeah.
1: How long? How change. long have you been doing TTM?
3: I'm guessing that my first one would have been either sent in 1973 or 1974.
1: Oh wow! So you've you've built up a pretty good collection. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Quite a quite a bit. I, I've never counted it. I don't know, but there there are thousands. I would do say. You,
1: do you keep them in albums, or, or how do you how do you uh, store them and display them?
3: Yeah, most of them are in albums, and I have a few of the the special ones uh, framed. My living room. I've got uh, Derek Jeter, who I obtained in, through the mail in 1994. Spent wow, most nice. That, spent most of that year in Class A. Uh, Jim Tomey, I think from 1993, maybe he was in AAA Colorado Springs, some stuff of his. Um, basketball guy, Bobby Jones, I was always a big fan of him, yeah. with the Sixers and, and the Nuggets, mainly his days with the Sixers, where I remember him. I've got some stuff of him. Then I've got uh, Mike Piazza, who sure. I got. Back in the early 90s when the when the magazines used to come out and they'd list the rosters on there, I would go through and I'd write to guys who were on there for the first time. And in 92, Mike Piazza showed up. He had just played in the California League the year before and tore it up and sent to him that spring in Vero Beach, Florida where they were training. I remember it came back quickly. That's yeah, a real, real nice note on the index card, you know, to Todd, best of luck always might be awesome. So I've got that framed with a card and a photo.
1: Do you do much in-person autographing or uh, just through the mail?
3: I do, I do some with college baseball with West okay. Virginia University's team. And then playing in the Big 12, you've got draft prospects coming through there all the time. This year, you had a third baseman, Brayden Taylor, from TCU. He's in just about everybody's first-round mock draft. Um, he didn't want to sign for me the first night, but said he'd sign the second night, and he did. So I was glad to hear that.
1: Do you feel weird asking kids for their autographs? I, I do.
3: Yeah, a, l- a little bit, yeah. A, sure. a little bit, but uh, don't, nobody said anything to me yet. And sometimes they're even people older than i are getting them so yeah i i i just
1: feel strange asking 18 year old kids and 19 year old kids for their autographs but yeah i guess it's part of the game right
3: it, it is yeah i mean you gotta gotta get them when they're uh young
1: we're speaking with todd murray todd murray is ttm todd on uh twitter and on instagram are you on any other social media
3: Twitter and Instagram, that's as far as the hobby goes, yeah, that, that's it.
1: Do you do much trading or, or um, you know, trading of, of cards or addresses?
3: Uh, occasionally, there's there's a small group of people I might do some, some address trading with. But, um, yeah, that's about it.
1: It's frustrating when you post a success and they, all you get is address, 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 right? Yeah.
3: That's why I kind of had to, you know, stop with the just giving it out, not because I'm trying to be selfish and I'm going to write these people again because I'm not, but uh, I'll tell you the story. It goes back to a couple of years ago, I got a Hall of Fame quarterback who and this guy is occasionally he signs through his former team and some at home. But you know, I debated whether I was going to post it. Do I want to do this? Well, I mean, the address is out there. It's no secret address. That's a lot of people think it's a secret address when you get a guy who doesn't sign. But really, that isn't the case. But I decided, all right, I'll put it out there within 30 seconds. You know, phones beeping like crazy. Yeah. And I'd rather not say the name. It's still on there if you want to go. Look at my uh, site; you can figure out who I'm talking about. But uh, you know, I, I wish I could, you know, could do that. I don't feel comfortable just putting addresses with the post, and I and I also felt guilty with this guy about. I knew he was getting a flood of mail because I I am willing to confirm addresses.
1: Yeah, it's I, funny because it's we're we have a strange hobby, right? It's because we're we're we're, we're had, corresponding with people that we don't know, right? So they're not they're not waiting for our letters, and then when they they are kind enough to sign, you don't want to ruin it for everyone else and wrote it for him because all of a sudden, well, he signed few doesn't mean he's going to sign for everyone else, and um, you know I guess it goes with the territory, but it's just it's, it's very strange when uh, the way it goes, you know, guys sign and then they stop signing, and they get hot and then they get cold, and um, it's just. I almost like the guys like Wade Boggs who's like, okay, send my ten send the ten dollars and you'll get my autograph. If you don't, you don't get it, right?
3: Right, right. Or the guys who have a, a strict uh, you know one per policy.
1: Yeah. How many how many cards do you usually send when you send out a request?
3: Usually just one because a lot of these older cards, even the cards I send that you know, maybe only in good condition are, are kind of pricey. So do you... A $40 card order can turn into an $80 card sure. order. That's a little bit more than I really want to spend.
1: Do you send your cards in to get uh, authenticated or graded at all?
3: No, because I, re- I really don't have any plans to sell the collection. I will pass it down to a family member. and then If they want to get it graded and sell it, they can do that. But uh, that's, I'm not going to sell it. I, I really haven't gone that route.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't. I've never sold a card, but my I, my trepidation is that my family doesn't really care about the cards and don't aren't interested in mean, what am I going to do with them when I when when, I, when I'm done collecting. You know, I don't know.
3: Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a story while I'm thinking about it right now. When I was just getting started back in the mid '70s, um, we're big West Virginia University basketball fans around here. And uh, my father was a professor at the university for many years. He always used to get me a basketball media guide. Uh, And I loved that thing and read it cover to cover. And what I was doing is I would go to the, uh, the visiting team's little page, there'd be a bug shot of the head coach and the star player. And I would write to the star player to try to get an autograph and got a lot of them back back then. But the neat story is, this one was from the, the University of Richmond. This would have been, I think, about 1975 or 76. Okay, the they Richmond had a, Spiders. Richmond Spiders, indeed. They had a guard playing for them, a really good player by the name of Kevin Eastman. You being a Celtics guy, I think. That yep. name may ring a bell. He was an assistant coach with Doc Rivers. During a lot of his years in Boston, then he went with Doc to LA with the Clippers, later became the GM. But he answer, he answered the letter, you know, sent sent me a signed picture, a really nice letter, and he said, "When we come to West virginia i'd love to I'd love to meet you. You know, let me know I can get you tickets." Well, it happened, believe it or not, and uh, he even agreed to meet with me and a few friends at the hotel on the day of the game. Oh, wow. I'm heard of here today. and We, kids from the neighborhood, we went over there and, you know, we he answered some questions in the lobby. We sat down with him in the lobby and he answered some questions. Couldn't have been nicer. Really a tremendous guy. And all that came about from one letter.
1: Yeah, it's really neat, huh? Yeah, it
3: absolutely is. And and I reached out to Kevin about a year ago. And uh I'm not I'm not sure if he, he said he loved how I had remembered meeting all those years ago. I'm not sure he exactly remembered that. It was about 46 years ago. So yeah. <laughs> some stranger 46 years ago. So I'll forgive him for uh, if he didn't. But really nice and signs and stuff I had made for him and even sent me a copy of his. Well, he's hey, very he, cool. He's not in coaching now, but he does a lot of clinics and a lot of corporations hire him to speak to managers and so forth, and leadership, and a lot of the values in sports that can carry over into the corporate world. That's just one one example of something that really got me hooked on the hobby as a young.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if it's only uh, you know a couple minutes here and there that that you have that relationship with the guy, I think it, it it's great for the hobby. No, uh, did, did do you have any kids? Did we did your kids get involved with you collecting or no?
3: No, no, I'm I'm a bachelor. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not married. So, so um, you're out
1: on your I've own. Tried right? to encur-
3: I've tried to encourage other other people's to get involved, and a lot of them I just yeah. I, they just don't. I don't. I don't think they get it. And it's just not too interesting to them. do. You, really,
1: do you have a white whale, somebody that you definitely want to get out uh, an autograph? They haven't yet.
3: I mean, through the mail. Yeah. Probably a lot. Some. Some of them I've just broken down and done private signings. Uh, might not be who you think. Well, one guy's Freddie Partek. Yeah. Sure. Flying flea from the '70s. Certainly, remember him with the Royals and, and the Pirates. Yep, he's just a no-go by mail. But they they had a private signing with him earlier this year. Really, did price fifteen dollars for a card for a guy who does not sign and jump jumped on that. I think I got, I think I 70, got
1: him through the mail a few years ago. Yeah,
3: you know, I, I haven't heard of many successes from him. That's that's a good one. We're talking to Todd
1: Mari. Todd is TTM Todd. He is TTM Todd on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. He has been collecting uh, TTM since the 70s, and um, we're just kind of running down, talking about some of his personal favorites, people that have signed, and, and some of the reasons why he, he's into TTMing. Uh, are you a set collector as well, Todd, or do you just, you just kind of go here and there in terms of who you want to get signed?
3: Yeah, I basically just, just, you know, I mean, when I was younger, I probably did the sets thing, but now it's mainly just buying cards that uh, that I want to send out.
1: Do you go to any shows? Are you going to the National this year?
3: That's definitely a bucket list item. I, I would like to have not had an opportunity to go to one yet, but uh, certainly would like to. Yeah, I went, I went to a show in Washington, PA, which is about halfway between where I live in Pittsburgh. And I was able to pick up some some good TTM fuel there. And we even had a, sh- a few shows here in town over the winter, which was nice, which hasn't happened a lot in the past. So that helped supplement you know, the occasional online order, keep the TTMs flowing.
1: Do you use any of the online tools, you know, like Collects or... Uh card ladder or any of the online tools to help with the collection and, and how do you inventory your you know your items how, how how do you uh keep your inventory i i
3: really don't have a list of everything i probably should do that i said take the better part of five years i'm
1: afraid <laughs> but
3: I, I do i just you know i like to pull out the old albums from time to time and leaf through it And oh i didn't know i got that guy geez that was that was
1: how do you, how do you keep your um, cards sorted? Do you sort them alphabetically by team, by year? How how do you keep your cards sorted?
3: No, I just I just pop them in as they as they arrive as and, they
1: arrive. No yeah. rhyme or reason.
3: No. Yep. Yep. That kind of helps me know as far as the years. I, I can tell in some cases that that I sent out.
1: Do you keep a running total of who who's gone out and and who's come back and and how long?
3: Yeah, I, I I have a calendar. I fill all that stuff in on, so that I can go back and check and add up, count up the number of days so and include them. In the post. I know a lot of people like to see that. I like to see it sometimes. Yeah, I do too. I wonder, It's kind of frustrating sometimes when someone posts something I don't say how long it took. I always. What's
1: your what's your longest return? Do you, do you remember?
3: Maybe fifteen years. Wow. It Who was, was it? A, tell me
1: let tell us the story of that
3: one. I, I need to uh I've, I've already forgotten his name. He was the number one draft pick, I think, of the of the Astros, which I, I think I sent him out in 2006. Got him back like 2021. He he had a few cups of coffee in the big leagues, not a long career. Did you ever reach out to him and say, well, what happened? How come it took so long? <laughs> I should do I really should do that. gosh I just really appreciate it and signing after all that time.
1: I know imagine fifteen years if a guy finally got to his fa- fan mail.
3: Yeah, yeah. you see stories like that from time to time. I think Don Carman uh, former relief pitcher for the Phillies and others, I think he had found a couple boxes of mail in his garage that had gotten he made some moves and then he'd kind of forgotten about. And he went and answered all that mail and put the extra postage back on. And a lot of these people were now adults when they when they received this back from from family members. And uh, I love seeing stories like that.
1: Can you run down a few of your most recent returns so you know the people that are listening can say, "Oh, I didn't know that guy was signing." Do you have a, that handy?
3: Yeah, yeah. Let me let me check that out.
1: Here. Because you do baseball and football primarily, correct?
3: And, and and some basketball. I've been doing some basketball here lately with those tall boys from the early. 70s. Yeah, yeah, those are. Real, I love those. I love getting those signed. There are a lot of guys who sign. Some will sign those for free. So I've been doing a lot of that. Let's see here.
1: But you go out and buy those first, and then then sell them. You're not you're not pulling through your existing. Card inventory, right? Yeah, that was
3: yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't buy. I was a little too young in seventy and seventy one to be buying cards. So I do. Yeah, I do. I go out and buy those. um so, Some of the latest returns. Uh, John Gellner, who pitched and was a pitcher first, first season with the Seattle Pilots. Okay. Oh I yeah, mean, I just I saw that one come back from you. Yeah was out there said he was him you know what it was like he said he loved the city loved the fans and hated leaving uh another one uh bill wakefield
1: yeah from the mets right wasn't he a
3: 62 met no he was a 64 met okay that, that ended up being his only year in the big leagues he played for casey Stingle. um
1: what do you usually ask these guys? You usually ask them like who, who their favorite manager was, who their favorite guy that they played against? What are some of the questions
3: you ask? Well, here's one. Uh former Cubs catcher Kuno Berrigan, I believe he's in his early 90s now. Um I asked him about uh what he remembered about his at bats against Sandy Koufax. Okay. And uh he wrote what, what,
1: what he's saying, they were very short.
3: Sure. September twentieth, nineteen sixty-one. My hit off Sandy Koufax. Got a hit against him that day. Wow! And guess who pinch ran for him? Lou Brock. <laughs> That's kind of cool. He was a cub.
1: You might have a book in there with all your your turns, right?
3: That's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, Ted Bosfield was a pitcher. In the Los Angeles Angels first season there in 61. See,
1: guys, I told you, he just picks up these guys that, and, and, oh, I, I'm going to do Ted Bolesfield
3: <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's a good, 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 answer, good answer here. 60, 61 season was very special because of the great bunch of teammates. In fact that we did well and won more games than was predicted by the so-called experts, 70 plus. And I believe I had my best year. Good
1: luck, Todd. Yeah, I, I think these guys just love the uh, that someone ha- still uh, thinks of them, don't you? Especially these guys in the that played in the '60s and in, in uh, early '70s. I think they're, I think they're they're honored that, that you're still, somebody still wants their autograph, don't you?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure that uh, you know Bobby Shantz, who's an absolute. T- oh yeah, he's the best in legend and i know his wife has said that he he likes to answer every piece of mail that comes in that day he doesn't like mail sitting around
1: yeah and he he always answers he always has nice long signatures and like nice long stories it's kind of like um frank thomas the old frank the original frank thomas he was very good at that
3: yes he was another thing that i that i like to do is you know sometimes write to family members of deceased hall of Mm famers Guy that I, a book I got from Christmas was about Tony Lazzeri. He was the second baseman on the yeah, my, yeah, row, Yankees teams. Sure, yeah, Yankees teams. Um, his grandson is, is still living. Yeah, I was able to track down an address for him and get him to sign a Greats of the Game card. You know, I asked him to sign it you know, to Todd in memory of my grandfather. Blah blah blah, and uh, you know, he wrote me a nice letter back. You, you appreciate it you have you been up to the hall of fame in cooperstown have not that's another thing that i would that i need to do i've been to basketball and i've been to football but i've not been to baseball
1: yeah the baseball is, is nothing like it and cooperstown is great because there's that main street and there's probably about i don't know 50 card stock shops on that street it's really a, a fun fun street guys we're so talking to todd Mari he is ttm todd follow him he is on twitter and he is on instagram he's been collecting Tim since the 70s and check it out because he has all sorts of cool um returns we're just talking about some of his most recent returns and i don't he i don't know how he finds these guys he just he, i i would do it the other way around todd i would i would just go through my inventory and my collection and say oh that's a good pick that's a good looking card i want to get that signed but you do it the other way around you you find these guys and then go say oh let me go find this guy he has he has one card in 1963 and i'm going to go grab his card and get it get him to sign it i i i think i'm amazed on how you do it
3: yeah well i did come across an older card the other day and i forget which company put it out Gaylord perry's 300 win and he's posing with the catcher, a guy I had never heard of. What well, turns out, this guy had he only played a handful of games. Imagine that. But he got to catch Daylord Perry's. Who was good. it? Do you remember? It was. I don't remember his name right now. Of course, I immediately thought, hey, I got get to get a card out to this guy. Sadly, he died in 94. Oh, that's too bad. That's not possible. But I, I wish I had thought of that years ago. It's, it's stuff like that that catch it catches my attention
1: yeah are you a history guy do you, do you enjoy history
3: no yeah absolutely
1: so yeah. I think I think it's fun and I you know I I know you like you got Seattle uh pilot cards and Kansas City A's and all these other punk mm-hmm. teams and uh, I I think you do a great job keeping uh these guys in the limelight even if it's only for you know a, a brief moment of answering your letter uh guys check him out TTM Todd he is on Instagram and on Twitter his name's Todd Murray. he is from West Virginia so uh, we got two back to back western West Virginia rights is that what you guys are, West Virginia right
3: We'll Virginia. take it, yeah. <laughs> West Virginia flavor <laughs> on the love show,
1: it. so you guys are well represented. Todd, I really appreciate your time, and it was a, a pleasure meeting you. And uh you know, I love the passion that you have, and 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 I love following you. So, guys, follow Todd on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, and thank you for your time, my friend.
3: Appreciate it, Jeff. It's uh, you know, I've been following your podcast almost since the day you started it, and. Uh, I love it. on. listen to it on my walks, and uh, I appreciate what you, what you do for the hobby.
1: So well, thank you for listening. We have fun, and um, you, you have so much. You, I can tell you have fun doing it because you have such a passion for it. So uh, keep it up, okay, my friend? Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Todd. Buying and selling sports cards has never been easier thanks to the free Collect app. With a million collectors on the app, you can find just about anything. Build your PC. Sell off your cards for top dollar. Trade up to get your Grail card. Are you new to the app? Don't worry about it. There's an option to check out with credit card, generate shipping and tracking, and use promo credits towards deals. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, for free on the App Store or Google Play. Well, Drew, I know you follow TTM Todd on Twitter, and he's, he's, a, he's a great TTM, isn't he? Yeah, Absolutely. Nice, nice to. We love to have, uh, talk to people passionate about uh, anything collecting. So if you'd like to be in on featured in Collectors Corner, send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com and we'll get you in. All right, Drew, that wraps up Collectors Corner. Next up is More from Less.
0: And now it's time for More from Less with hobby legend Les Wolf. The Certified Collectibles Group is playing to win. CGC Trading Cards and CSG are combining into CGC Cards, solidifying its position as one of the world's largest and most prominent card grading services. With the merger, collectors get a number of upgrades, including the option to submit without a paid membership, a Gem Mint 10 grading scale, a sleek new label, a simplified submission process, and prices you are going to love upgrade all your cards with cgc cards and visit cgccards.com today
1: drew we talked to less i don't know what three 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 to four times a, uh, a month right yeah we talked to him about what's going on in the hobby with things that things that are going on in sports uh and Les was at the national he's been at uh, like 40 nationals so i thought it was a good idea to review uh, the national with less and, and talk about um Plans to the national for next year in Cleveland with a new promoter, and uh, we got Les's opinion on on that and a whole lot more. So please enjoy my interview with hobby professional hobby veteran Les Wolf. All right, guys, it's time for more from Les. I'm talking, of course, about Les Wolf from Les Wolf Sports LLC. Make sure you check out this month's Sports Collectors Digest. There's a little article on Les. By yours truly make sure you read that he was a i'm sure he had millions of people asking for his autograph at the national uh what do you think les are you a superstar now
4: um i'm still less wolf uh, No one has it <laughs> the was smart enough not to so give them credit there
1: you're you're in high demand my friend you get people on an interview you you got you're you're a uh you're on the back of a t-shirt you're all over the place Knows I'm on the
4: back, you know, towards the <laughs> bottom. Towards the bottom
1: yeah. half. Well, you know what? If you if you hit 25 home runs in the majors, you get on the front, I guess. Oh, okay.
4: <laughs> I won't hold my breath on that one.
1: Well, you're back from Chicago. We're both back from Chicago, and uh, no worse for wear, I guess. I'm tired. I don't know. But how about you?
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I, the show is a grueling show. Very cool. It, gruel-
1: it was fun. Uh, it was big. It was, you know, the 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 amount of um booths there that it was big. it was over six hundred thousand square feet, I believe, and uh, it was. I don't remember it being that much many exhibitors. Is it is that true? No, that, that was that's, most...
4: But we had all we had that whole new room of <clears throat> dealers and collectors that were never there before.
1: Yeah, it was. It was really big. Do you think that as a as a dealer, do you think that hurt you? Because having so many more deal- dealers in the room,
4: I actually think that they should go back to having card or autograph dealers. There's just too much corporate in there. You want to have a corporate show, have a corporate show, but not don't mix it in with the the national. You know, yeah, it's, a, it's almost col-
1: kind of like the the Mint Collective w- was was supposed to be the corporate show, right? And this was the national yeah. is for the is for the collector. But I mean, as you know, it's nice to, to see all these guys, but it was, you know, the good or bad, it was the, 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 you know, tops and, you know, Fanatics tops and Panini and, um, you know, Beckett and some of these other guys. It was hard to even get into the booths because they had so much stuff going on. And just, no, to get, just to get into the booth from from my standpoint was kind of difficult. That is true, my friend. Well, how did you do? Did you have any surprises uh, at the national? Did you see anyone you hadn't seen in a while? Did you um, move a, something that you didn't think you you had you've had trouble moving? You know, what was your overall take on the national?
4: I thought the national was very good. I thought there was a lot of a lot of new people I saw, a lot of old people. I did find an interesting uh, thing uh, that happened a couple of times: is people came by, got the best price for me, said they'll come back, and they never came back. Uh, I found that. You know, if, I, if I'm talking to someone, I'm interested in something, I'm not going to ask for the best price and not say I'm going to come back and not come back. But be that as it may, it was a lot of those. Uh, I, I actually had an interesting observation of a, a, a kid probably in his early 20s, I'm guessing, and his dad, who's interested in a baseball. I reduced it significantly and. The father said, let's, you know, let's do it. And his son says, son, want another $5 off. And at that point, I just said to myself, you know, <laughs> I'm not going down another five bucks." you know. Uh. Yeah,
1: it's just on the principle of the thing, right?
4: Yeah. And, and the kid just walked away. And the father, he seemed kind of surprised. And I just thought that was, we've been on the arrogant side with the kid. But you know what? There's a lot of kids out there that unfortunately don't respect dealers and don't realize you know, the time that's spent there, you know, we spend a good week there and some of us spend a couple of weeks before preparing to get everything set up for there. So I I was just a little, I was just kind of surprised with, you know, with that, but uh, there was a lot of old, old customers I hadn't seen in a while, a bunch of new customers. I mean, it was fun. You know, it was definitely, it it was definitely good. You know, it's a good show Um, next year with Jimmy Ryan and Joe Drellick and Brian. I wonder how, you know how much bigger they can get it to be, but they're in the it's in the right hands. You know, we started off uh, the show. I mean, they're saying it was over a hundred thousand people. and, You know, upwards of what they had in uh, California, the an Anaheim show in in ninety one. I think it was set the record of a hundred thousand people. So you know, it's a it's a it's definitely a good sign.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a, a as collector, you know, roaming the aisles, I got lost a lot of times. You know, I was like, where the hell am I? How do I I, you know I, I I there was one booth that I was because it was down near your booth your booth right So I was leaving one day and I saw a couple cards that I wanted, but I had to go because it was the end of the day and I wrote the booth down, the booth down, but I didn't put the number down and it took me two days to find that booth again <laughs> and I I found it and it had the two cards I wanted. so it was it was all good but it was I was very confused a lot of times. The only thing that, that helped save me was they had the, those stickers on the floor. And mm-hmm. It was like Hansel and Gretel. You just fall follow, you followed the stickers of uh-huh. <laughs> the exhibit hall. That was that was the only thing that was getting me out of that exhibit hall, you know. Well, that's good. It was good. I thought I thought it was there was a lot of stuff. It was fun. Uh, you know, Clemente and I got together and went through the dollar uh hockey autographs and had fun doing that. And um, it was you know, I did I went I, I did a lot of dollar and two dollar and five dollar boxes and uh, got a, got a lot of um, you know Boston based guys, which was fun. That's
4: always good.
1: Good for you. It was it, it was a good time, and uh, you know when we went out to dinner a couple times, you got to, you got tired and blew us off, but I understand.
4: <laughs> uh, what, what, um, what, what what the folks out there don't know though we set up at eight o'clock and the uh, and we we're done by six. I know it's and- a long day. And I was going to have dinner with the Honorable Jeffrey Lee Baker and his beautiful wife and daughter. And they were meeting at eight and the show ended at six. I was so tired. I did 13,000 steps. So I came back, you know, I had an early dinner and I came back to my room by 730. I was in bed.
1: Rest- <laughs> did you, oh, you know, you don't have to give me numbers, but did you make money at the show? Did it, You know, did, was it was a profitable show for you
4: it was good you know i mean, you know i didn't make as much as i would have liked to have but you know i i i covered some of my expense it's in a very people don't realize that setting up in a, at a show like that in a way for you know a good week you know you got the hotel you got the you gotta get your stuff transported there you got the booth you got the showcases and i'm not even including your time and food i mean before an average dealer makes any money is there for a week if they flew out there it's going to cost them upwards of five thousand dollars is
1: uh how much is the booth space is the booth space affordable
4: hundred dollars plus you you got to rent extra tables showcases electricity all this stuff adds up it's over five thousand dollars before a dealer makes his first sale so It, people, it's hard. It, it's people, and then
1: people and then and then the guys nickel and diamond you on a baseball. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, people. People. Did you think? Know. Did you think that um, the the demographics of the show was similar to Atlantic City in terms of um, families and and, and and women, or do you think it skewed a little more towards guys?
4: I actually thought this year we had a lot more. Uh, wives and girlfriends and women walking around, and there was some kids. Not as many as I remember in Atlantic City, but I, I, I kind of I like uh, Chicago. I think that's a good venue. I think the next year is Cleveland, and then probably back to Atlantic City, and then maybe Chicago again. I don't know what the you know I don't I forget what the the order is.
1: No, I think it's gonna go. It's gonna Cleveland. Then they're going back to Chicago, and then 2025, I think, is what you're what we were looking at. And you think Atlantic City is going to get it?
4: Yeah, I don't. I I hope we don't go to Atlanta. You know, Atlanta is a beautiful town and everything, but the problem with Atlanta, uh, last time we were there, there were people in the bathroom asking for money. You know, and you know it was kind of sad. And they told us not to walk past our hotel, which is a half a block away. Because the area wasn't a good area, so
1: interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. You I know my, my daughter went to school at Emory, so it was you know Atlanta's always been kind of safe. From us. We don't see we don't see that because that's up near Buckhead and CDC. She went to Anne-Marie? Yeah, Anne-Marie. <laughs> Anne- Anne-Marie call, Anne-Marie oh, Emory. Yeah, Emory, Emory call Emory University. Emory, Emory, and must my, be Boston that's my Boston accent coming through. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. So I, I saw a, I, I was reading, I think, on Sports Collectors Daily that Atlantic City has offered every dealer a thousand dollars towards their booth. Is that true? I heard that, but I didn't get
4: offered anything. <laughs> OK. I didn't see any. Show me the money. I didn't see it.
1: Would that sway, Would that sway you one way or the other? Um, the thing
4: I like about Atlantic City is I save on plane fare, and I save right. You
1: can a, drive. You can drive down and buy there, there,
4: and I save on um, having to pay someone to, to drop my stuff off, to to transport my stuff. Right. But
1: other than that, I mean, I you know you we went we did Atlantic City last year, and I think the the facility is fine. You know, they have problems with the uh, internet and, and some other. Problems. I mean, this year, this year was so hot, right? For the first two days in in Chicago, it was like in a a sweat box with shits and all over the place. It was pretty hot They cut down on the air condition.
4: Atlantic City,
5: excuse
4: me. They uh, they did try charging for the internet, so that kind of hurt sales. I think that was just ridiculous and cheap by uh, by whoever owns the Atlantic City uh, Convention Center. And there real- was
1: parking, right? Was, was it parking difficult for you guys?
4: No? The Astros have a deal in place to acquire Justin
1: Verlander. I know. I saw that. Scherzer are in Verlander. They get into Sures are in Verlander. They said, oops. And they all they do is like write checks. These guys, the Mets, just write checks to rectify their problems.
4: Well, it's nice to have a rich owner.
1: I don't know, and, and look at Verlander. Verlander signs a huge money away away from uh Houston and then he still gets to go back to Houston and they'll probably make the playoffs. So I don't know who win who who wins in this deal. Certainly not the fans. The Astros win, that's the shot. I know they certainly do. Um was there any um in terms of, of regular mix of stuff that you sell? Was it pretty consistent with what what you've seen? And do you think is the hobby still uh, you know vi- is it still viable? Do you think our, our hobby is still growing?
4: I I think it is. I just I still really am a strong advocate for I think the the card companies and the the stars as work world cater more cater more towards the kids. I think that's one of the biggest problems.
1: Yeah, I mean, did you hear about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and what he was doing? No, so Kareem was there signing. He's sick. He has, I know he has cancer. He's he's not doing very well health wise. But he had his agent and a couple other people in the booth with him, and they they were um, grading. And I'll put use that in quotes. Any Kareem rookie card, and then he they the char, they would charge a fee based on what they said the grade was. So people were were like cracked were cracking off, you know, cracking the, their rookie cards open and then going up. And they, they was they, the guys were saying, Oh, that's an eight. And, and it's and the guys like PSA, that's not a PSA eight. I just had it in a case that it was a four. <laughs> so it was, it was a real, it was really, really shady. Wow. That in here. Wow. Yeah. So, um, it, it, and he was taking, there was, it was taking forever for him to sign, I guess. He was there on Saturday as well, and he stayed until about 7, 730 signing autographs on Saturday. But he was he wasn't cheap. I don't remember what the his price was, but he wasn't cheap. Mm. So I don't know. Well, what do you think? Um, have you heard any rumors of what's going to happen with TriStar and now uh, with uh, Fanatics having their own sh- uh, show arm? Do you think they're going to they're going to? There's going to be, a, you know, there's going to be exclusive tri-star guys and exclusive fanatic guys. And you think it's going to, it's it's going to be bad for the national and some of these other bigger shows to uh, to have autograph guys. No, I, I think
4: that'll make it more interesting. I don't think, um, you know, it, you know, it, it like it, it will make it more interesting. I just don't know how, how it's going to, uh, be perceived by the dealers it's going to be interesting
1: what what do you think the the new um promoters are going to do to to help make the show better you have you spoken with them because i i know you have a relationship with them
4: uh, i think they're really good guys i think um they're gonna have a tough act to follow because this this past national was record crowd so but i i've got full confidence in uh Jimmy, Ryan, Brian and Joe, they'll, they'll do a fine job. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: as uh, some, you know, as a show attendee, I think they moved a lot of people in and out. And it wasn't even on Saturday, which I think was the busiest day. It was it, it wasn't too terrible in terms of getting around. You know, I in a, I was in my electric wheelchair, so I it's tough for me if it's too crowded, you know, but it wasn't too bad.
4: Well, your battery was charged, so you were fine.
1: Yeah, I had a, <laughs> we got a great battery. It was, it, it was very cool. What are you um, exhibiting at the East Coast National coming up?
4: Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get into the main room. I didn't want to be in the basement. So I'm a, and after, you know, walking 13,000 steps in one day and being exhausted from the National, I think it's I'd be better off just uh, taking a bye and just uh, taking it easy.
1: I'm not when, a young. When when's your next a, show Les? Pardon me. When's your next show next show? I think next year it'll be.
4: Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be in September, I'll be boxing uh Atlantic City Boxing Hall what? of Fame. It'll oh,
1: that's that's nice. That, th- th- those are your people. Those are my people. <laughs> is there was there any one uh athlete that people were asking for? You know, was there was there somebody oh, do you have an Otani or do you have is, is there somebody that kind of surprised you that that was very popular. That that uh... a, lot,
4: a lot of people did ask for Otani, but unfortunately, anything Otani is a thousand, two thousand dollars. So, uh, I only card I, ha- I have a, a rookie card with a number seven of 17. So, that's an expensive card. So, no one was going to pull the trigger on that, but um, not really. It was just a little bit, you know, Hall of Fame baseballs was pretty much constant, Mickey Mantle. All, all that kind of stuff was pretty constant
1: uh were people looking for any street was Chicago Cubs or, or uh, white sox being in Chicago was there it, there any
4: uh just a little Ernie banks and Billy Williams yeah, stuff. yeah.
1: Well, it, Ernie banks is pretty affordable though correct Mm-hmm.
4: and you know and there was a bunch of people that have you know that also wanted to have the uh the Jeff Baker autograph <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had, had a few of those yeah. hanging around, I'm sure. Pardon me? You had a few of them hanging around. Yes, I did. Well, you know, it is nice to um see a lot of listeners. And I hope some of the listeners stopped by and, and introduced themselves and said hello to you. Cause I especially Saturday, I probably had, I don't know, 30 or 40 listeners uh talk, you know, say hey, you get you guys do great on the show. And hopefully, hopefully they came by and and, and talk to you
4: oh no, no I mean unfortunately you know the 30 or 40 of our whole audience they didn't come by to tell me so <laughs> you know they probably we have a by. few more listeners than that last they they you know they came by to see you because you're the handsome debonair guy I'm just like the the old timer are you, you know? gonna
1: are you gonna definitely do the national next year in uh Cleveland and, and is there a is there a, a a breaking point for you that that you wouldn't do the national? God willing, hopefully I'll be I'll be able to. Excuse me. But but in ter- in terms of uh, the a dollar investment is there is there a number in your mind that like okay I, you know it's going to cost me ten thousand dollars to do the the show it's not worth my while to go there or is there you you just like it's kind of like you bite the bullet and you kind of have to be there.
4: Basically, you do have to be there.
1: Right, people. Yeah. It, how's how how's your um the traffic been on your site? Have you been does you, you can get a lot of people on your site and go to your eBay I, store?
4: I don't really monitor it, so I really don't know. You don't? No, I don't really monitor. it. you
1: a business guy? Speaking of speaking of traffic though, why don't you tell people about your son's uh, site? Let's promote that a little.
4: Crossover Grid,
1: crossovergrid.com,
4: guys. NBA. NBA, NFL. NHL and now soccer soccer the way it works you have nine boxes so you got to let's say that one box is name a basketball player that played for the Knicks and the Lakers or the the Nets and the Knicks like Michael Ray Richardson but you got to try to find the obscure guys so you get more points so it goes by time how fast you get them and how many points you can accumulate have you been
1: able to complete a grid?
4: I did a few in the beginning, but it's gotten harder and harder. So, I, I'm I'm be, I'm I'm not that great at it.
1: I think baseball. I think baseball would be, be my best sport out of
4: basketball. Is a close is close second. Football and hockey. I'm terrible and forget about soccer. I don't know soccer at all.
1: Well, he's seen a lot of uh, a lot of traffic there, and, and he's, oh yeah, he's looking at lining up a sponsor. I believe right. Yes, sir. Anything yeah. else? Anything else interesting that happened at the the national? That you want to share with our listeners?
4: Um, the constant flow of people was pretty amazing. I got to say that it was yeah. it was it was a very crowded
1: show. Yeah, I mean, you guys didn't you guys didn't have much downtime. Every time I was went over there, you guys were were had one or two at least one or two people looking at yeah. your stuff and
4: we had a few minutes in between we were free, but I, I found that my philosophy of being closest to the men's room is always good for me. <laughs> the bath, the bathroom is my main office. So I, I need to be there on a regular
1: basis. Did you have any big sales in terms of something that you, you had been hanging hang on to for a while or um, did you know, did, did you get rid of any binders or of cards or. No, um... uh, I mean, I mean, the biggest sale I had, I sold one of my PSA 10
4: Mickey Mantle autographed baseballs. Oh, that's I nice. Left. I sold the Sandy Koufax uh, with a couple inscriptions signed jersey. Oh, you signed the jersey? Sold the jersey? I sold the Koufax jersey. Nice. I, I sold a, a Red Sox jersey signed by Jeff Baker.
5: <laughs>
4: I don't uh, think so. I, I, I did very well with that one.
1: I I think if you have a jersey, a Red Sox jersey sold by me, you, you you're uh, You're putting it in the washing, getting the, getting that ink stain off the shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right, my friend. I'm glad to to you know spend a little time with you this week. And I it was fight. always it, a pleasure. It was fun. Uh, it was fun going to Chicago. Uh, I don't think I, we're going next year. I think we're gonna go. I think we're gonna pass, and we're going to the. Major League Baseball, our all star game in Arlington instead. Oh, enjoy that, my friend. I Cleveland was okay, but I don't, it didn't, I don't know, it doesn't have the same pull as as Chicago or even Atlantic City, you know.
4: Cleveland will be rocking, but we won't be rocking it because we won't have.
1: I hope so. It's not, it's a little more spread out, right? Because the the hotels aren't right there and the restaurants are right there and. It is.
4: It is more spread out. That is true.
1: All right, bud, you have a great week and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. All right.
4: You have a better one, my friend. Take care.
1: All right. And and go Red Sox because they're ahead of the Yankees.
4: Just for now. Don't worry. I'll
1: talk to you later. Yeah. Bye. Drew, the best part about my interview with Les is I just serve it up. We just we do we just give him fastballs and he hits them out of the park. So Les, thank you. We, we love having you on the show. And next week we're going to talk to Clemente Elise, and then Les will be back in two weeks. All right, that wraps up um, more from Les. Next up is making the grade.
0: Making the grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to CSGCards.com for sports card grading for the win. The Certified Collectibles Group is playing to win. CGC Trading Cards and CSG are combining into CGC Cards, solidifying its position as one of the world's largest and most prominent card grading services. With the merger, collectors get a number of upgrades, including the option to submit without a paid membership, a Gem Mint 10 grading scale, a sleek new label, a simplified submission process, and prices you are going to love. Grade all your cards with CGC cards and visit cgccards.com today.
1: Making the greatest summary of what's been going on in the grading community, basically with the four four major grading companies. And we have some uh, grading numbers for July. Yes, we do. Got the uh, numbers to uh,
2: compare versus June there and July up 2% on uh, over June, which is a little bit of a surprise there since, I mean, you know, July, you're usually losing a couple days there with Independence Day, but. Got a, caught back up pretty well from that PSA a four percent increase hit one point one point oh four million cards graded in the month of July so nice uh, nice on them for being able to break the uh, seven figures right there SGC ninety five thousand cards was a two percent drop for them Beckett a twenty four percent drop fifty seven thousand cards graded and CGC a seven percent drop to fifty five thousand cards graded but I mean you look at those numbers and you're still looking at what is this one point uh, about one and a quarter million cards graded approximately that across those four companies.
1: Yeah, and Drew, you should have seen all four companies at the National, and there were other companies there as well. Um, there were lines to submit cards and, and, and to get into their booth, and there was so much stuff going on. CGC had a huge booth with them. You know, they had a Pac-Man game, and I uh, do um, ski ball and also saw the stuff and kids were winning all sorts of cool stuff and uh collectors it was it was a great uh interactive booth um uh, Beckett was packed cgc was packed psa oh my goodness you couldn't P, uh psa was just wall to wall so you know the great it's, it's great for the hobby that uh these grading companies are all doing well and, and i love to see um Love to see the, the interaction between the collectors and, and the grand companies, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been doing stuff at the shows there since I've started attending Nationals. or not long after I started attending them. It's just amazing to see how much that has just completely just blown up like it
1: has. All right. Well, that wraps up Making the Grade. Next up, we're going to do a little Big Three. Who's the Big Three this week? Yes.
0: This week's Big Three is brought to you by GemRate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at gemrate.com.
1: The big three is exclusive uh, statistics that we get from gemrate, gemrate gemrate.com. They follow all the uh, four grading companies and that's where we get the the monthly grading and weekly grading numbers as well. And uh, we had, the, the three risers and, and three fallers for the week. The three risers for the week was uh, De La Cruz was up 66%. And, uh, he, boy, he was the talk of the nationally. A lot of people were looking for his cards. Uh, Mickey Mantle was up 50 47% and Michael Jordan was up 34%. And I'm guessing Mantle and Jordan were up because of the national, you know. Yeah. Um, his Jordan's 1986 flare card was up 255% over uh the previous week. So I think a lot of people were getting ready for the national, and it was nice to it's good to see a couple of um big names and a future big name right up there on the big three. Uh Drew, who were the fallers?
2: Biggest followers this week, a few guys that we saw as risers fairly recently, so those two may go hand in hand, but uh, Julio Rodriguez, Corbin Carroll, and Bobby Witt, all taking drops of about a third, 33% for Rodriguez, 34% each on Corbin Carroll and Bobby Witt, so maybe a little bit of cooling of their stuff, maybe just a little bit of uh, All-Star Week hype there that uh, boosts them up there before, but yeah, I mean, we saw them all jump, we saw them all fall, so uh, yeah, just kind of coming back to earth, I guess, a little bit.
1: Very cool. Thank you, Drew. That was the big three, the big three from our friends at gemrate.com. Um, check out gemrate.com. Follow them on social media. They uh, post also to news regards, news and statistics regarding the four leading uh, grading companies. And as we said, uh, the grading companies uh, have become very prevalent in our our hobby. And, uh, you know, the, the statistics kind of fall with, with how the hobby is doing. Right, Drew? When... when yes. Uh, the hobby is doing well, the grading companies are up. And when the hobby uh, uh, kind of has a hiccup for one reason or another, we see that in the grading statistics. So make sure you, you, you follow that. And we want to thank our friends at Gemrate for providing the exclusive uh, statistics for the big three. All right, drew time for TTM cast stamp of approval. Yes.
0: I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval.
1: Drew, why don't you take yours first, and then I'll do mine, okay? All right, yeah, so my stamp approval
2: for this week goes to the African Nations at the Women's World Cup. So this year, the Women's World Cup expanded their uh, playing field from – they've gone over the last couple decades from 16 teams up to 24 teams, and now 32 teams this year. So you have eight more teams that are getting in this year over the uh, 2019 uh, World Cup. And the African nations uh, have gotten in a little bit more because of that. And they really took advantage of it this year out of those 30 out of the 16 teams that advanced Morocco, South Africa, and Nigeria, all were able to make it out of the first round. They're moving into the round of 16 and even Zambia, the only African nation that didn't move on even had a, a win in there. So it's great to see anytime you see a developing nation doing well on international competition, I'm always a fan of that. I mean, I like seeing the Americans do well, obviously. And, uh, If Finland ever gets into anything like this, which they typically don't in soccer, I'm usually cheering for them as well. But anytime you can see, you know, kind of developing nations, up and coming teams that do well, I think that's nothing but good for the sport right there. So to see uh, Morocco and South Africa and Nigeria all moving on, that's really cool to see right there. So my stamp approval for the week goes to the African nations at the Women's World Cup.
1: Yeah, you know what? Remember when Cameroon a couple of years ago at the World Cup, they did uh, at the Men's World Cup, they had a a fabulous world cup and it's nice to see the developing nations so to speak have a have a shot at um you know success in the world cup because that means that means money for for the those nations and it yeah. you know i think it you know it boosts the national pride as well right it's absolutely
2: and i mean it also helps to get uh, players from those countries recognized in like the top european leagues as well which i mean you look at like Ivory Coast and Ghana, and there have been a lot of players that have come out of those two nations that have played up in Europe as well. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, you have a good showing at the World Cup there. You're going to have more teams taking a look at your guys saying, hey, maybe we're missing out here. And they might find some even deeper gems than just the top guys there as well.
1: Yeah. And you know what? The, the Women's World Cup for me has been a little disappointing. I know, you know, you know for Team USA hasn't played that great, right? Mm-hmm and it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if they can, they can rebound back because um, the matches I don't think have been as compelling as the men's matches, but uh, you, you've, I think you've gotten more out of the women's world cup than I have. There's been the good things there have been a, a few more upsets
2: in uh, the women's side than there have been in the men's side in the past years. But even on the men's side, there have been a few here the last couple of years I can think of, but uh I mean, you look at this. You're like South Africa advancing over Italy. I mean, Italy is typically a soccer powerhouse. Maybe not so much on the women's side as on the men's side, but they've just encountered some bad luck lately. I mean, the men's side completely missed qualifying the last two World Cups. The women's side looks like they're all about to advance, and then suddenly South Africa scores a goal in the second minute of extra time, and it's like, whoa! There's the shot heard around the world on yep. that one. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been interesting to watch when you get uh, the upsets going on there. Unfortunately, though, you also get these, you know five to nothing games there of like of just you know especially like the first week there i saw a couple of like you know five nothing six nothing it's like oh god this is this isn't going to be that great but there definitely is a definite stratification there of like your elite women's teams versus kind of the also rants out there and so unfortunately you're going to get a couple of cannon fodder teams out there you look at like i mean vietnam god bless them i mean they go out there and they lose three nothing to the u.s they hang in pretty well against portugal and or then they get absolutely shelled seven nothing by netherlands it's like hey you're you qualified so there's that at least but yeah it's uh that's yeah you're definitely going to see the uh there's definitely the uh the feast or famine teams out there a bit but that's i mean that's it tends to be the way it always is on the national on the international levels i mean you look at even the hockey world you've got your big five there of, you know, Canada, the US, Russia, the Czechs, the Finns, the Swedes. So big six, I guess there, and nobody else really seems no one to have else much of a chance, draw, but right? they still Japan end up qualifying, you know, other... 16 teams to the Olympics. So you're going to get 10 cannon fodder teams out there basically. So, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the more, the more teams get in there, I think the better it's going to be for developing them and developing good teams out of those countries and just kind of hopefully, hopefully being able to kind of even things out a little bit there. I mean, you just look at Team USA, like you said. There, they have not showed up very well this year. And now, you have to ask: though, is that an indictment against Team USA, or does it just show the world is kind of starting to catch up to them a bit? And I think this game that's going to be coming up uh, late tonight, early tomorrow morning of the U.S. and Sweden—you've got the number one team in the world against the number three team in the world—and I think whoever wins that game might go on to win it all.
1: Yeah, I, wa- I saw Sweden play a game. They're—they're they're a good team. Yeah, I, I, I had them picked
2: as—I had them picked as my winner from the very start of it.
1: Yeah, I watched Sweden, and I watched that game. England, England's very good as well they who i forget who they played but they killed them yeah seven nothing or six nothing or five nothing or something like that was good but yeah. so i haven't watched as many games as you but um you know it, it, you forget that it's in it's in new zealand and in australia and it's winter there and all the guy, everyone yeah. that's in this crowd is all bu- bundled up and in their winter winter clothes and you're like oh why is it you know you're sitting there in on 103 key. <laughs> right <laughs> and i'm seeing same. these players wearing like you know full-length under armor i'm like what the hell oh
2: right right yeah they cold there off.
1: It's, yeah it's cold there and the time i think um the timing you know the games are at what one and two in the morning so it's it's yeah it's, having to having to catch a lot of replays over here to catch most of the games
2: yeah if it's not one of the uh early games there which makes it you know an early early 11 p.m start here then it's like yeah it's um well it's right, we- fox soccer channel exists <laughs>
1: All right, but thank you very much. Hey, my TTM cast stamp approval, as we've talked about it the, uh, a couple times already today, and I love the 2023 Tops Chrome. Uh, I opened two blaster boxes, and I got um four out of the four uh, pinks that I got. I got Gunnar Henderson, pink, which is nice. Uh, John Gray, Dansby Swanson, and Louver Pequeño. Pequeño. Pequeño? Pequeño, I think. Yeah, okay. from, uh, where is the East from The Pirate? Pittsburgh? Yeah. Pittsburgh. He's a, I got his rookie card. He's a shortstop. And then I got a, I got a cool, I think this is just one, one, a case is I got a Technicolor of, uh, Shea, uh, uh oh, nice. It's a, it's a rookie card. I think that, I think I read that this is a, um, one, uh, one, a case and there's all, there's all sorts of other cool cards in it. Um, there's 220 cards in the set you get all the, you know, all the rookies are in there and there, it's just, it's just a, a good mix this year. So, I know if you get if you get uh, Otani and uh, bro, Acuna, those are going to be worth like ten or twenty dollars. So uh, in the trade in, so I I've only opened two so far. I haven't got those guys yet. But all in all, I'm, I give my two thumbs up to tops Chrome. Have you gotten any tops Chrome yet?
2: I have not yet. I might go and uh, check out some of the blasters there, or at least have a couple of some kind of packs. At least
1: if I can. So. Yeah, no, they're good. It's so worth it. I think they they were like thirty five dollars for. Uh, for a blaster box, so my uh, TTM stamp approval goes to 2023 tops baseball chrome cards. Get, uh, well worth the investment. Nice. All right, Drew. Next up is the Vern Rat minute. Well, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, and we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers. Um, I sent out a TTM request to Mr. Rap prior to uh, after he had passed, and we kind of covered people that had passed in the world of sports and celebrity, so you're not embarrassed by sending out a TTM request to someone who passed, and Drew, I did it. I did it again oh no i sent out a across to johnny cooks who was an inside linebacker with the colts and i got a and i got a car i got a memo message back he has passed away
2: yep
1: that was a fairly recent one too that's uh yeah yeah i miss i don't know i i just missed that one i I don't it was it did we have it in uh for the vernard
2: minute we did, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a fairly recent one. So, I mean, if you're sitting there thinking, "Oh, I got to write to this guy, write to this guy, write to this guy, write to this guy," yeah, that's going to have taken over, taken over the thoughts, then.
1: Yeah, uh, so uh, I'm sorry. So, guys, here's a list. Here's a, a list of guys that passed away this week. Uh, we lost Ben Wilson. Ben Wilson was a fullback. He was on the USC 1962 national championship team. He played for the Rams and the Green Bay Packers from 1963 to 1968. He um, started in Super Bowl two. And interestingly enough, he lost a contact and he never went back in. Like he had midway through the game. He lost a contact and he never went back in. And I don't think that would happen nowadays, you know? They yeah, would just Yeah. So Ben Wilson was 84 years old. I mean, these days
2: you'll probably have, you know, a couple extra pairs there in the locker rooms, maybe even on the sidelines. Yeah. to get back in real quick. Uh, we lost George Wilson as well. He was a, a basketball player from the – went to the University of Cincinnati and went on to win an Olympic gold medal in the 1964 Olympics. Played seven years in the NBA with the Cincinnati Royals, the Chicago Bulls, the Seattle Supersonics, the Phoenix Suns, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Boston Braves. So about Buffalo, a team per buf- year. Bu- Buffalo yeah, Braves. Buffalo Braves. That's right. Buffalo Braves. Almost a team per year, right there, and among all that, playing center for those teams. Uh, he was not a TTMer, he was 81 years old.
1: We lost baseball player Larry Ray. Larry Ray was an outfielder in uh the Houston Astros organization. He played in the Astros in 1982. He didn't play, he only played a few games. Uh, he got his first hit for the LA Dodgers and Tom Nienfure. And there was a nice story that uh when he got the hit, um, Steve Garvey called for the ball and and gave him the ball. So that that was kind of cool. Uh, Larry Ray was, uh, he did not do any TTMs. Larry Ray was 65 years old.
2: Uh, We lost a Daryl Ashbacher this uh, past week. He uh, played briefly in the NFL. He was a guard for the Eagles in 1959, but his uh, more, his bigger claim to fame probably was that during that year, he was the roommate of John Madden. And now somebody like that, I would love to know, like, did you know by then that John Madden was going to become what he became there? How much much fun would it have been having John Madden as your roommate? Right. Yeah. I mean, that'd be amazing there. And it's like, did you know by that point that like this dude's going on to bigger things or anything? But Gerald Ashbacher was a TTM. He last signed in 2022. He was 89 years old.
1: We lost Wayne Maxner. Wayne was a left winger of the Boston Bruins in 1964-65. He played 62 games in the NHL. He scored eight goals and nine assists. Uh, he lost TTM in 2014. Wayne Maxner was 80 years old.
2: Uh, we lost Henry Logan. He was a guard in the ABA, played with uh, Oakland in uh, 1968 and 69, and the Washington Caps in 1969 and 70. TTM'd up until about 2012 or so. Henry Logan was 77 years
1: old. We lost Johnny Lujak, Johnny Lujack of Notre Dame fame, right? He played for uh, Notre Dame in the 40s during the war years. He was a quarterback. He played four seasons with the Chicago Bears from 48 to 51. And then I believe he went back to Notre Dame as a coach, right, Drew? I believe so. I believe so. I think so, too. And, and Drew, uh, you got a little t- little tidbit, nugget of, of information about Johnny? Yeah for quite a while he was
2: actually the oldest living Heisman winner. He uh I believe was I want to say 1947 Heisman winner and he was actually kind of older when he won it there too so uh he was the oldest living Heisman winner for probably about the last 10 years or so I think. So he held that crown for quite a while and was a uh, as uh, as you said a very good signer there as well. So uh Kind of a cool thing right there. I did get him back around 20 uh, 2007, I want to say is my TTM him.
1: Nice. Yeah, he last TTM in 2021. Giant Johnny Luzak was Lujak was 98 years old.
2: Uh, we lost to Joe Cowell this week. He played with the Buffalo Sabres in 1967 or 1976 and 1978. 22 games for them as a right
1: winger. He was not a TTMer. Joe Cowell was 67 years old. Right. Now that one, that's for our friend uh dave snyder who, who likes all the buffalo saber autographs I'm, I'm sure dave has has 23 uh autographs of this guy <laughs> probably <laughs> well in the world of celebrity in, in hollywood we lost angus cloud Ang- angus cloud was uh, on euphoria he was uh, a big star one of the big stars of euphoria uh he passed away only at 25 years old of uh, i believe a drug overdose uh he was uh, a rising star and uh it's too bad we lost him uh drew have you watched Four year on HBO,
2: I haven't at all. I I've, I've heard his death made big news, so I at least you know that's that's really the first time I'd heard about it at all.
1: Yeah, he's he's really good. He's very he was a very good character actor, and uh I think you know they were expecting big things from him as a young guy. And uh, unfortunately, he he uh, succumbed to drugs at the age of twenty five.
2: Yeah, uh, we also lost uh, Paul Rubens this week. Uh, Paul Rubens was in a lot of movies, but his biggest thing that he was known for was the uh, character Pee Wee Herman. That was uh, comedic thing that he came up with and spun that off into actually a kids show as well as a couple of movies um various other things he was famous for in his life as well we won't get into those at all just uh let him be remembered as Wee herman here paul rubens was 70 years old right
1: we're not we're not going to be besmirch a guy that passed away right yeah. <laughs> uh we lost inga swenson inga was an actress she was uh correction on benson back in the what was the 80s was benson in the in 80s I think so. It sounds yeah, I think right. so too. Uh and she was uh, she played the the maid. She she was the 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 wise wisecracking maid. Uh she was 90 years old.
2: Uh we also lost uh, Randy Westner this week. Uh, Randy Westner was one of the founding members of legendary rock band The Eagles. Played with them throughout the 1970s. Uh, Randy Westner was 77 years old.
1: Yeah, and he was the lead singer on a lot of their songs, right? Yeah, I think so. With Don Henley but- and yeah, especially
2: early on, I mean, Henley was the drummer. You can't, uh, you can't sing lead vocals on every song when you're the drummer at all, so, yeah.
1: Well, Drew, that wraps up uh, our Vern Rap Minute. Condolences go to uh, anyone that lost anyone this week. We are sorry for your loss. Uh, Drew, let's look at uh, TTM Returns, okay? Sounds good.
0: Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM Returns.
1: Well, this is why we do it, Drew. TTM returns. I had a big week. You had a big week. Why don't you do yours? You got seven this week. I got about I don't know ten yeah. or twelve.
2: Yeah, I'm just uh, let me one second here. I'm I, trying to just make sure I've got my in-person stuff there to put in as well. So I'm just all right. to make sure I've got. Well, I'll do mine there. then, and you can get organized. Uh, I got I'm it. I've, I got it here. I think I'm good. I'm just making one real quick last check there, and yeah, I've got everybody down now on my notes here, so I can go ahead and start okay listen list. Then, so Drew's up. Drew's yes. returns of the week or two weeks. All right. So yeah, and it was seven TTMs over the last uh, two weeks here since the last time we did a Saturday show. So We'll go through all those real quick here, plus the uh, three games I've gone to in that time too. But uh, going back on to the 22nd of July, got back Bob O'Brien for my 1972 top set. He's on one of those trio rookie cards. It was the Dodgers one that has, uh, it was him and Charlie Huff and uh, one other. I can't remember the third one now. The third guy died in 2014, so I won't be able to finish that off, but. O'Brien for a long time was not TTMing at all. So when I saw that he was signing, it's like, all right, we well, better get this one out right uh, quick here. So two week turnaround on that one. So I have it signed by both him and Charlie Huff now. Also got back Wade Boggs for his uh, $10 fee. Took about a month nice. on that. I had the, uh, it was the 88 tops uh, Red Sox leaders card. It has him and Spike Owen both on it. And you Owen signed on it? it. Yep. Owen signed it for me first. I don't remember if I got that one in person when he was the uh, Rangers third base coach for a year, or if I got it by mail when he was uh, TTMing for a bit, but. Either way, I've got both of them on that one now. Um, 24th got back Ashton Gudeau through the uh, Toledo Mudhens, one of the few active players I've gotten back mid-season here. But uh, he has two cards in the 21 Heritage set. One of them is a duel from uh, when he was a uh, Rockies. Uh, he's one of the Rockies uh, rookies on there. I forget who he shares it with, but I have that duel already signed by both of them. Then he had a card with the Reds in the uh, high number series. So I sent that off and got that one done at least. Took about two weeks on that. Uh, 26 got back Brian Trottier, hockey hall of famer. Nice. Fair warning, he likes switching cards out, though, as I discovered. So I sent my 88-89 tops card to him, and I got back a 9091 pro set. So if anybody has the 88-89 tops card and wants to trade it, I would like that card because that's for the set that I'm working on. Um, I have been told though, if you send money with your request, that he'll actually send the card, sign the card that you send. So I may retry him at some point if I can to pull off a trade first. Uh, the 28th, got back Nicholas Lidstrom, Hall of Fame uh, defenseman from the Detroit Red Wings. Signed uh, four rookie cards for me. It took about six weeks. I had to mail those off to Sweden, but hey, it came back. That's the biggest thing, and it took only six weeks or so for total on the turnaround on it. Uh, 31st, got back Eric Plunk, one of one, through uh, his past pros address. Cost a $13 fee to get that, but I had the eighty six Fleer rookie card with him and Jose Canseco that i got gotten signed by Canseco in a private signing. So well, that's a good one. Yeah, I got to finish that off once I get that one done. So it's like 13 bucks to get Plunk on it. He signs occasionally for free, but I want to make sure this one gets back. So I went through past pros for it and got that done. And then uh, just yesterday, I got back a hockey player, Bruce Driver, formerly a defenseman for the Devils and the Rangers. Took about two months on him. And uh, there's another eighty-eight, eighty-nine 89 Tops card there for the set. Um, did some in-person graphing as well. A couple of games uh, two weeks ago, went to the Kansas City Monarchs at the Cleburne Railroaders. Kansas City is absolutely stacked with former major leaguers. Um, a couple of them didn't sign. I was hoping to get Patrick Weigel and Cody Deason and uh, Odubel Herrera, but uh, none of them even looked in our direction there when I was out there. So didn't get those guys. But I did at least get a Chris Herman, who is a former catcher for the Diamondbacks. And I think he was with the Twins before that. But right now, Chris Herman is top three in the American Association, all the Triple Crown stats. So he's having a nice year and hopefully might get some attention there from some affiliated teams here maybe next season. Uh, Got Brian O'Grady, who formerly was with the Rays and the Padres on a few cards. Jacob Robson, who's a former Tiger on a card. Micah Adolfo, who I don't think made it to the majors, but he was in the uh, 2021 Heritage Minors set, so got him knocked out on that one. Just a heads up for anybody who's considering uh, going to a Kansas City Monarchs game and trying to get him. His name looks like it's spelled, it looks like Micker, M-I-C-K-E-R, but it is definitely pronounced Micah, and he will correct you on that. So uh, don't make the mistake I did, and uh, yeah, it's Micah Adolfo for his name.
1: Drew, did got, we have the 2023 um, Heritage Minor Leagues this year? Uh, it'll come out later, because I know Wait. the last couple of
2: years, it's come out after the minor league season has ended. Okay. So, yeah, 2023 is probably still on its way yet. Uh, I got Brandon Finnegan, a former pitcher for the Royals and the Reds. He was great. He's a local kid to uh, North Texas there, so he had family around and was hanging out talking to them. Uh, the next day, I went for, uh, out to Frisco for San Antonio and, uh, the, and the Frisco Rough Riders. Managed to get Kevin cops and uh, Daniel Johnson from San Antonio, as well as their top prospect Jackson Merrill, who is, I believe, the number nine prospect right now in Major League Baseball. i Right, right now I've got six out of the top twelve prospects on the uh, MLB Top One Hundred list, so I'm kind of geeked Very about cool. that. And Merrill is one of the most recent additions to that. Over on Frisco's side, I was able to get a uh, Luis Angel Acuna was the pregame signer, which was a, an absolute shock because I thought they're never going to put any big names up there. And then, lo and behold, they did. And then, what happens a week later? They trade him. So. <laughs> happy, to get, happy to get my last three cards knocked out by him there, at least during that um, at the bullpen after the game, I was able to get Justin Slayton down there and uh, down at the field level, got a uh, Hever Bueno about a week before they released him. Uh, Chris Cease, who's a decent prospect as an infielder and the Rangers top prospect, Evan Carter, who fin- that's the first time he signed for me all year. So happy to get him down there. And then yesterday went, in, went out in the 106 degree heat to go for the uh, Midland Rockhounds at the Rough Riders And the only reason I did that... You're
1: dedicated, my friend. The only reason
2: I did it was because I had to, because JT Ginn had been finally moved off the injured list. He's in the 2021 Heritage uh, Minors set. And he was on the injured list all of last year. He was on the injured list their first trip in this year. So when I saw he got... I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, okay, if he doesn't get activated, I'm not going to bother. If he gets activated, I'm going to have to go for this. And he got activated. He started the game on Tuesday. It's like, well, I have to go to this now. So... Packed my stuff, braved the heat out there, went to the uh, batting cage first. I got Aaron Zavala on a card and got Evan Carter a second time on a card there. So I'm two for two on him over the last couple of weeks there. Not nice. sure how I'm striking this kind of luck. I uh, went inside and uh, went for the Rockhounds. Calvin Coker was the first one I saw. called out to him twice and he didn't even look in my direction because he's, he's an interesting one. He uh, Last time when they were in, he told a collector, um, yeah, you have to be able to name what college I went to and then I'll sign for you. So you,
1: I know. So you, you came with the knowledge, right? You knew you had the knowledge.
2: Oh, I had it ready. I mean, I didn't ask him that time, but um, I went and made sure I knew it. So just in case when I asked him later, if he asked me that, I'd have the answer, but he didn't ask me that time. And he signed one card for me. So this time I asked him twice and he doesn't even look in my direction. I'm like, whatever. I don't need you that badly. You're, you're not even on the top 30 for your team. You've been in the minors for about six years now. So no. Um, I did at least get uh, one of their top 30 guys, Royber Salinas on a custom card. Uh, got Max Muncy, one of their draft picks recently on one card. I was helping out another collector with that one. I didn't have anything for myself. Uh, Durbin Feltman out of their bullpen. He signed one out of three cards for me. Uh, Jaseel De La Cruz, who I think is in their top 30 prospects as well, signed four cards for me. Bobby Crosby, shocker of all shocker, He signed all four cards I had. He's been, wow, good. he's been all over the map. I mean, a couple of years ago, he signed everything you had. Then the last couple of years, he's been like one per or two per. Apparently the other day, he didn't even look at anybody. And so... He comes over, signs uh, one for the guy next to me, and then looks at my card and signs all four of them. I'm like, great, I'm, I'm tapped out of cards for this guy now. I'm, fine, I'm finally done <laughs> on him there. And then finally, to finish it off, I was able to go up to the uh, bullpen and get JT Ginn on the card I needed for my set. So knocked out another set need right there, stuck around for about four innings of the game, and got myself that. follow ball came my way. Ah, nice. So, yeah, it was, uh, they were moving people out of the sections from the dugout on down just because it was right in the sun. And they're like, yeah, we don't need anyone, you know, dying of heat stroke here during the game. So. We were sitting right at the top of section 120, right at the end of the dugout. And they're like, you guys are fine. Shade's going to be on you here pretty quick. So waited around there. And a foul ball gets hit that bounced right between a couple rows of seats. Just perfect bounce. You couldn't have asked for any better of a landing spot because a foot either way, and it's probably going to either bounce over my head or hit off the chair and stay down there. Bounces right up to me. I just had to take maybe three steps over to my right. One hand grab, and hey, there it was. So. Awesome. got it there and it looks pretty good i'll be able to get it signed at some point i mean that sweet spot is nice and clean as you can see right yeah there, you should so. get
1: who who hit it do you know who hit it that i don't remember
2: now i mean it was somebody from midland so unfortunately i won't see them the rest of the year but i'll get a i'll i mean i'll probably find some random prospect that i have no cards for and get them on it or something
1: you get lighter
2: if you can i've got i've got a lighter ball already so i've got okay. him there but
1: yeah i mean I'll i'll figure somebody out for it very cool I'm, uh, you're killing it drew you've been killing it all, all season uh, the, the, yeah. it's so hot and you, you've been killing it with these guys I'm, I'm jealous good job you're the man
5: yeah you're the
1: impressing uh, man all right i had uh 14 returns i nice. over the last two weeks so uh fo- football baseball basketball and hockey uh, all represented let's do i got some football ones like these are all 1973 tops cards that came back uh, John Gilliam, who played wide receiver with the Vikings, he signed in uh, Black Sharpie, and with uh, his uh, name, no number. I got Leroy Jordan from the uh, Dallas Cowboys on nice. 1973 tops card, uh, signed in Blue Sharpie. I got Donnie Hansen, who played linebacker for the Falcons. He signed in Black Sharpie. I got Ross uh, Brubacher, who signed uh, to Jeff Baker with his name. Nice. So we personalized it, but uh, on a '73 tops card, and I got Doug Dressler. Doug Dressler, uh, he put his uh, signed his name in his number on a '73 tops card. So those that was all all pretty good. Nice. I got some '72 um tops basketball cards. I got Wally Jones, who we talked about, who's going to be a guest on on the show uh, next week. I got Jim Fox, who played for the Seattle SuperSonics, on his '72 '73 tops card. I got Daryl Carrier, who played for the Kentucky Colonels. He was the all time three-point leading shooter and i'm going to interview him monday for the show so he will be on the show and i got john mclaughlin who played for the bucks he signed uh in a blue sharpie on his 72 uh 73 tops card these those all were a couple weeks clemente had sent me um some Opeachy cards uh the uh, 80 i think it was 88 right 80 yeah 88 89 with the with the pushman Yep, yep. So well, I sent step. a couple, and I and I sent a '77 uh, tops uh, card, and I got Rick Middleton to sign a '77 tops card, and he signed the OPG card that Clemente sent me, and I got Steve Casper who signed his uh, OPG card, and then for let's see, let's see, for baseball, the rest of baseball except one other one that that took uh, like six months to come back. I'll we'll do that one last. I got Randy Larch on his '78 tops card. I had actually traded double to somebody, so I sent it off to another one off to Randy. He signed it in a couple, in, I don't know, maybe a couple months. I got Mini Trio on his 1980, I always missus this up, uh, 1981 uh, Coca Cola tops card. Nice. So I got Mini Trio. He signed a nice blue pen. I got Don Carmen, who was featured in the Waxback book. Uh, he signed his 86, 87, and 88 tops cards. And I got um, Rafael Palmero. Good. on a, on a, a tops 2000 card so he signed in blue sharpie took about i don't know maybe three or three or four weeks to get that one back and lastly i got two cards back from steve Do you remember steve kaberski drew i don't okay. he was he, he won uh, championships with the boston celtics in 1974 and 76 he signed his 1973 tops card and a 1976 tall boy and that took uh i don't know six months okay but it was it was cool. I love, I love getting the uh, old Celtics guys. And uh, I think I saw somewhere that he was signing and he finally he he uh, finally got my cards back. And good, good to bad. I actually purchased uh, both those cards at the National to replace the ones that I sent out because I didn't think they were coming back. Oh, wow. so, now, so now I have two. I have doubles of those, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep those in the collection. So all in all, pretty good. I have not sent out any uh, TTMs this week, but I do have Three or four TTM's that I got, uh, fodder that I got at the national. So I'm going to probably send those out there at the beginning of the week. Have you been? You got any more? You've been sending out? No,
2: I've gotten lazy here the last couple of weeks, but I've got a small pile that I need to send out and just enough stamps to do it. Um, I was going to ask you, Palmero, was he uh, charging a fee on that at all? Or no fee he... on that. Wow. Okay, then interesting.
1: One card and I sent it out, and it was a couple of weeks. It only took like two or three weeks. Nice, nice. It was a pretty pretty quick turnaround. All right, well, Drew, that wraps up returns. I we had a we had a good uh, good week and a half, two weeks of returns. Very good. Yes. Uh, let's uh, put a ball on this and wrap it up. Okay. Sounds good. All right. And this is how it ends. All right, wrapping it up. First, I want to thank TTM Todd for uh, his patience in in joining uh, the show. I as I said, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and with the national and everything, we had to push him back a little, but we finally got to. Play his interview, so hopefully you enjoyed that. I want to thank Les Wolf, of course, for, for Les Wolf uh, reviewing the National. It was great to see Les at the National. We spent some time with him, so that was cool. Thank you, Les. Uh, I want to thank Larry Hand from the Detroit Lions, who was on uh, Wednesday's show. We uh, we talked to Larry, um, and oh no, was he on last? He was. I'm, I apologize. He's not on last week's show. He's on this week's show. Right? This he's coming on this week's show. Too too many things. He'll be on Wednesday's show. Next week I'll have we'll have Clemente Lise and uh, Wally Jones and uh, very happy to I had a great talk with Wally Jones. We'll, we'll play that on Saturday and we'll talk to Clemente about the Women's World Cup and um, just kind of what's been going on in the hobby. That will be on next week's show. Drew, anything else you want to add before I let you go? I think we've got everything pretty well covered in there and just uh, looking forward to hopefully another full mailbox this week. Yeah, I agree. Happy uh, happy uh, national international. Uh, trading card day to you yep, yep. and yours and <laughs> hopefully you guys you have a great week i want to wish everyone uh many happy returns we will see you on wednesday be good